This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Tuesday, August 25th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. The first of two tropical storms heading towards Louisiana has made landfall. Marco made landfall near the mouth of the Mississippi River Monday evening around 7 p.m. with maximum sustained winds of 40 miles per hour, according to the National Hurricane Center. Tropical storm level winds were expected to subside as Marco moved along the coast of Louisiana over the course of the night, though the heavy rains were forecast along portions of north-central Gulf Coast through the night. Hurricane warnings were discontinued for the Louisiana coast as the storm continued to weaken. A tornado watch remained in effect for portions of Florida, uh, the Panhandle, and southwestern Georgia until midnight. Flash flood watches also remain in effect for Mobile, Al- uh, Alabama and the central uh, Florida Panhandle. Laura, a different storm, is just 48 hours behind Marco. Uh, that's a tropical storm, and it continued to batter portions of Cuba Monday with heavy rains and areas of flash flooding. It strengthened slightly from Monday afternoon with maximum sustained winds of 65 miles per hour. A tropical storm warning was issued for the Florida Keys as Laura, Laura passed through uh, Monday night. Once Laura emerges over the Gulf of Mexico Monday night, environmental conditions, they're saying, uh, be- could become favorable for possible rapid intensification. Laura could become a Category 3 hurricane on Tuesday and into Wednesday with winds over 100 miles per hour. Is everyone having trouble not yelling out Polo when Marco, Marco. is mentioned every time? Every <laughs> freak. <laughs> Time. There's a crowd fund to try to change Laura's name to uh, Marco because Polo is coming up, uh, and so they they haven't been able to oh. official. But people want to change Laura to uh, to Marco, Polo to Polo to Polo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. As of now, landfall landfall looks like it will be somewhere between southeast Texas and southwest Louisiana late uh, Wednesday night. Threats of Laura include damaging winds, deadly storm surge, and rain uh, causing some flooding. A hurricane watch is in effect uh, for parts of Texas and Louisiana, and then also a storm surge watch is in effect as well. Temple University opened campus for its first day of fall semester classes on Monday, but not without protests from some students and faculty members. The Temple Association of University Professionals gathered a group of students and staff to demand the Board of Trustees to switch to online classes only. One student said based on what she saw over the weekend with several off-campus parties, she does not feel safe. While the group was protesting for online classes, all online classes Monday morning at Temple had to be canceled after the video conferencing platform Zoom experienced a nationwide outage. Zoom said it uh, resolved the issue, but not before schools and universities across the country had to cancel a slew of classes for the day. A Temple spokesman said he's glad the university had an in-person option, otherwise no one would have had class that morning. Temple has safety measures it developed with the city to make the campus uh, campus life safe. Only about a third of the students are actually on campus. Classrooms have been spread out and it has an entire residence hall that will be for students who need to quarantine. Every student who moves into our residence hall has to be tested. Those who come up positive have the choice. They can either move home for two weeks until it's clear for them to come back or they have housing for them here on campus. They can take advantage of, said a temple spokesman. The university uh, has also a COVID-19 count dashboard. As of Monday morning, it reported 10 students that had tested py- uh, positive for the virus. A woman who police say was caught on live video punching a lector in the face during Sunday mass at the Cathedral Basilica of St. Peter and Paul is now in custody. The incident occurred in the 11 a.m. mass at the Catholic Church on Ray Street. About 32 minutes into the Facebook live video of the mass, a woman dressed in a green tracksuit punches a church reader twice in the face before walking away. Did you guys see this footage? It was yeah. just wild. 
child. It like came, comes out of nowhere. You yeah. see her like standing off the side. I thought she had something to do with the mass at first when I'm watching it. Yeah, and she, then, she's kind of like waiting for her. Yeah. And she was like, bam, bam. And then, you know, walked away nonchalant. And then the lady who got punched in the face kind of walked away nonchalant. I was wondering I was like, if it was part of the new mask that uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a, a brawl when you leave the uh, the altar. But, yeah, it seems so It was, it was, it was yeah, so yeah. bizarre that, I mean, there's only like two things that it could have been. Either they knew each other and there was something going on there or that lady was just crazy. Impractical jokers. <laughs> or impractical jokers, uh, yeah. Uh, the punishment <laughs> is... You have to go into active church services and punch <laughs> the letter yeah. in the face. It could be. It was. It's very weird footage. <laughs> Archbishop Nelson Perez said the lector received immediate help from cathedral staff members off camera and is doing well after receiving medical treatment. Such behavior is unacceptable at all times, especially within the confines of a church building and during the celebration of a holy mass. Archbishop Perez wrote in a statement, police identified the suspect who was later taken into custody. She has not yet been charged, but police say that they continue to investigate. In sports this morning... <laughs> The Sixers fired head coach Brett Brown. General manager Elton Brand met with Brown on Sunday night in Orlando and conducted exit interviews with players before traveling back to Philadelphia after the Boston Celtics completed a four-game sweep in their first-round series. Brown is still owed several million dollars on the remainder of his contract. The team's plan for a head coach will focus on L.A. Clippers assistant Ty Lue, who won a championship in 2016 as the Cleveland Cavaliers head coach, another possible candidate. The Sixers are expected to interview as Villanova two-time national champion coach Jay Wright. <laughs> the Flyers lost to the New York Islanders in game one of their second round matchup in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Islanders scored twice in the third period to blow open a close game before scoring an empty netter on their way to a 4-0 win. Carter Hart made 25 saves in absorbing the loss as the Islanders shut out the Flyers in a postseason game for the first time in the playoff history between the clubs. The two teams are back at it tomorrow afternoon for game two in Toronto. The puck drops at 3 o'clock and the Phillies had an off day yesterday and continue their road trip this week with a three-game series in Washington against the Nationals. Jake Arrieta will get the start tonight, and game time is set for 6.05. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. Welcome you to a Tuesday morning head yesterday off, but we are back at it in fine form because we have some stuff to give to you and some guests on the program. So let me give you a little rundown of what's going on. We have a Metallica and San Francisco Symphony S&M2 box set and custom Metallica S&M2 logoed violin. What? Yeah, it's our word of the week prize. Did you see the picture of this thing? I did not. It's badass. Huh. It is so cool. The violin is very, They're expensive. very rock and roll looking, as yeah. you can imagine. And it comes in the case. It's, it's really a, a cool setup. So if you're a Metallica fan, this is going to be one that you will proudly, well, you'll either learn how to play the violin or you're hanging on the wall or yeah. whatever. It's pretty awesome. So we're giving that away for the Word of the Week prize. Oh, wow. So, we're looking at a picture of it in the studio that here. Cool? That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, make sure you keep track of the letters. There's only four letters to keep track of this week. We have a number of people on the program today. Busy day today. Joey Fatone will be joining us this morning, and he has the show Common Knowledge. It's a game show on the Game Show Network. Yeah, it sounds cool. We were just talking about boy bands with the uh, the top 100 boy band songs of all time, so yeah. he's, he's pretty relevant. We'll talk to him, and also Mr. Skin is actually going to be on the show. And not now we will, I'm sure, talk about nudity and TVs and, 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 uh, and movies and so on, but he is actually in a movie 
Uh, it's called A History of Nudity in Movies. It's actually his movie. I was reading oh, I didn't about it. So that. he's executive producer. I had no idea. And it goes all the way back to the to the nudies of the twenties. That's awesome. And up to now. It's a all legitimate right. film. So we'll talk to Mr. Skin and then we're gonna talk to Michael Barkham because as uh, Kathy was just saying, Brett Brown was fired. Yeah. Uh the Flyers just got shellacked yesterday. Oh. Uh yeah, but they're in playoffs. It's playoff hockey, so we'll talk to Michael about that. And then had no idea this was coming together until just a couple of minutes ago. I had recently given Casey a list of just some character actors, some people that have played either iconic roles or have had a number of, hey, I know that guy, roles. And uh, Casey's starting to have these interviews trickle in. And we have a gentleman by the name of George Weiner on the show this morning. George Weiner has been in a couple of very notable roles. One of them, and my kids are going to die. I'm going to have to call him in a little while and tell him we're having him on this morning. In Spaceballs, he's Colonel Sanders. Yes. yes. Awesome. Preston. Yeah. Chicken. What? He. <laughs> and I just found this out. He's. He's at least in one episode of the Umbrella Academy this season. I was reading that, yeah. and uh, I can't wait to talk to him about that as well. And also, he's in Fletch. He's the he's Wildcats. The, he's the lawyer yeah, yeah. that uh, is dating his ex-wife, and then eventually, I guess, they end up getting married. He's in Wildcats. Wildcats. Is, he's in a. T- you look at his list of credits; it's huge. I yeah. love people yeah. like this. He's yeah. been in everything. Yeah. So we will uh, we'll spend some time talking to. Uh, George Weiner later on this morning. He's also in The Postman, another movie that I, know. I like, Steve, which yeah. is cool. All so, the President's Men. Uh, so he'll be on around 10 o'clock. And, man, can you get some stories out of people like that. So looking forward to talking to him. And on top of all that, it's a, it's a tattoo stay. We have a chance for you to win a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing, uh, which you're going to find on South Street in Philadelphia, 1729 to be specific. And all you have to do is text the word tattoo to 39333 right now. We will randomly choose someone amongst all those texts to win a $350 gift certificate. All right, it's a pretty sweet deal. So, Tattoos Day, get on board. Let's make sure that you have uh, a stake in that, and uh, maybe you'll end up winning. And we welcome the triumphant return of Kathy Ramon. Yay! Yay. Thank you. Oh, and it's her birthday today. Yay! Yes. You know, it's like a false start last week because you came in <laughs> and then you had to uh-huh. go back out again. Yeah, one day, right? Yeah. One day. Yeah. And then you realized you'd made a critical error by coming back in. <laughs> Terrible mistake. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was bad. And let me say, because I can't tell you how many people uh, think I have COVID. I, I did not right. uh, have COVID. <laughs> no. Right. She had yeah, something gonorrhea. more fun. Yeah, gonorrhea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, she was in the service. I, we'll find out about uh, Kathy and and uh, shed light on her birthday a little bit more as we, as we get a little bit more time because we have... I have a lot of stuff to get to in the entertainment report. A huge, Kathy, you share birthdays with the tons of celebrities. Well, and you know what? It used to be uh, with Regis, but he passed away, and I know you don't usually uh, do that. Happy birthday, Kathy. He's thrilled that it's your birthday. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. We've got a lot going on this morning, and we want you on board. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Steven Singer Jewelers has fast, free, and safe shipping. Whether celebrating life or just saying I love you, Steven Singer is there for you. IHateStevenSinger.com Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let's give some away. Got a $50 Rita's gift card for the stupid question. Uh, thank you to Chris Brugger, or Brugger, I'm not sure how you pronounce the last name, who uh, emailed me in a question. He is from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Huh. Listens to us there. 
And uh, I verified his answer. And here is the question. What actor is the first to be nominated for and win posthumously the Academy Award for Actor? Hmm. All right. So so best actor. Who Who's the first person to win that award posthumously? I remember it was a very chilling acceptance speech. Two, no, they, they were dead. Yeah. The, okay. 215-263-WMMR. <laughs> Let's see if you know the answer. I'll go through some birthdays today, and there's a whole host of them on Tuesday, August 25th. We'll start with a big one and a milestone for this gentleman. Mr. Sean Connery turns 90 Whoa. years old today. It's funny you bring up uh, his name because I just did a search on him. You have not seen him in public. I haven't seen really any pictures of him out and about. I know he's an avid uh, rock climber. And I'm sure, I think he wanted to climb the Devil's Tower for his 90th. Ah. But he's, for you know, for me, the, the greatest Bond of, of all time. Uh, and a host of other things outside of that particular character. I mean, movies like, you know, The Hunt for Red October and... Untouchables. Uh, Untouchables, yeah. So good. And yeah. he, in fact, he won the Oscar for that, Best Supporting Actor. No kidding. Yeah. He hasn't um, really acted since 2003. He was in a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and he's done some voice work since then. But I like that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, it's and a good movie. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, it's a, that's an I, Alan Moore. It's, it's one of my sure. favorites. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the great Sean Connery, Sir Sean Connery, uh, celebrates his 90th birthday. Does Beth still have a cat named uh, Mr. Sir Sean Connery? <laughs> yes, she does. Our <laughs> former uh, video worker here. Literally, that's the cat's full name, Mr. Sir Sean Connery. I love that. <laughs> it, it's funny, if you watch early on in the, like, Dr. No, when he was early, you know, on in the James Bond portrayal, it was, it was you know, his... It was very much like this. Now, his his speech pattern has degenerated so dramatically. He does the most annoying movie eating scene I think <laughs> I've ever ever witnessed, uh, which is in Humphrey Red October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give us one chance in three. Uh, so happy 90th to him. Uh, Tim Burton has his birthday today. Uh, the great uh, director. He's 62. He's done everything from this, uh, you know, the Pee-wee's Big Adventure to. Um, uh, Edward Scissorhands, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Coraline. He reset Batman. Nightmare I mean, Before Christmas, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. He's directed two of, well, three of my favorite movies, the original Batman, Big Fish, and Ed Wood. He's 62 today. Billy Ray Cyrus. Yes, that. Billy Ray Cyrus. Possibly the most powerful mullet that ever existed. Well on his head. Yeah. Uh, and he celebrates his uh, 59th birthday today. Did he do anything besides this song? Yeah, he did the, uh, the, the it was just a huge hit with uh, Lil Nas. What was the? Um... Oh. Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, Lil Nas X. Yeah. Um, yeah. Old Town Road. Old Town Road. Oh, I just realized I can't see you anymore, Casey. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> there's, there's a cat. I guess it's a new camera. Yeah. I didn't realize it was there. I, I can't see I, Casey. I didn't think we had a uh, uh, an eye. Oh, no, I asked for that. Contact. Okay. <laughs> yeah. right. We're sure. good. Billy Ray's 59 today. Uh, supermodel Claudia Schiffer turns 50 years old today, so a big birthday for her. It's also Elvis Costello's birthday. Like I said, a lot of people are celebrating birthdays. Good today. people. Uh, yeah, he turns uh, 66 years old today. Uh, and still, I guess, yeah, he's married to Diana Carl, right? The, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, the jazz, jazz singer. Yeah. She's outstanding. Uh, so happy 66 to him. Uh, it's also Rachel Bilson of the OC's birthday. Uh, she's 39. <laughs> Let's skip over that and we'll move <laughs> on. We have yeah. a, we have a few rock birthdays today to to fall in line with Elvis Costello. It is Rob Halford's birthday uh-huh. today of Judas Priest. You can turn off the. I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> I was. I thought you were going to down. Uh, turn which, it down. Yeah, turn it down. No, I'll that's do, a radio okay. term. Turn it down. Uh, no, it's Rob Halford's birthday today uh, from Judas Priest. 
Is that him? Yeah. Screaming for vengeance. One of, one of the most powerful heavy metal screams ever. It is a fun day because uh, usually on this day every year, Pierre will go from a workforce block of Judas Priest into a workforce block of Elvis Costello, <laughs> proving <laughs> that this radio station is everything they're up. Yeah. And continuing on in that, it's also Gene Simmons' wow. birthday hey. today. Gene turned 71 years old. I would just, it might have been Jackie Bam Bam uh, had posted a, a short gif, I guess, of... of uh, Gene, when he would do the blood spitting thing uh, in shows, and I got to see him do it live. It's pretty cool how he does it. He's doing his bass solo, and he has this kind of shaky movement of his head. Right, like a predatory creature. Yeah, exactly. And then he turns his his head upwards. He looks up in the sky and starts shaking his head back and forth, and slowly the blood blood starts trickling out of his (laughs) mouth, runs down his throat all over the front. He you know sticks his long tongue out, and it's just dripping off his tongue. And Preston, I actually I I stole that from Frankie Valli. (laughs) (laughs) I said one time uh, he was doing a show in I believe it was the Catskills. Yeah, and I said I've got to do that. Yeah, I've got to incorporate that into our act. It seems more appropriate for us. You took it as your own yeah wow uh that's pretty ballsy but anyhow uh and then of course he he did the he would do the fire breathing too i mean that was really him doing that these guys when they came on the scene it was like uh it's like a hybrid and, and especially for like young boys it was like it's everything you want yeah. it's it's it's, it's at that time, very aggressive rock uh, yeah. with the, the symbolism of these kind of robotic samurai. What the hell were they, you know? Yeah. Well, he was a demon. Yeah, that, was, yeah. that was his character. And then you had the cat and the star child and the uh, and the alien. And they were just, they were just, it was so, it was just tailor-made to be, yes. Yeah. We, this is badass. You know, they, precedent, I actually was not a demon. I was my version of what I perceived a chicken to be. Uh, <laughs> Hence the plumage on exactly. top of your head. <laughs> you didn't notice that. Wow. Yeah, okay. The, yeah. The, 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 the chicken. <laughs> the grand the, rooster. The most understated creature in the, in the world. world. Uh, but they, they put on the show, man. Uh, I he's, do appreciate it. He's 71 today. Uh, actor Tom Skerritt. Like I said, there's a lot of them uh, today. Yeah, he was Viper in Top Gun. Great in uh, Alien, Contact, uh, Steel Magnolias goes all the way back to to Mash yes. the film. Yeah, uh, and he's just he's just been around doing it forever. He's uh, eighty seven today. It's also Rachel Ray's birthday today. Oh my God, Kathy, you you celebrate a birthday Rach. with Rach? I, I yes, I did know that, and uh, I was able to do an interview with her a few years ago. I wish I would have uh, remembered this to uh, to get the audio, but her and I uh, realized we had the same birthday, and it was kind of like a very girly yelling, <laughs> screaming. Oh my god! Oh my god. Uh, I think she recently, uh, maybe last week, had a like a big fire at her house in New York. Oh wow! Yeah, so uh, but apparently she's she's all right. You know what? Her line of dog food, her her pet food, is really. Top notch. It's, it's, it's yeah. what I feed my cats. They love it. Um, nice. And you, you know feed what? your cats dog food? <laughs> I know, right? He said dog food. No, it's his <laughs> pet food. Um, she, you guys know, like in the very beginning when we started talking about her, I think it stemmed from when Marissa and I went up to her show to to visit her show. She was not the friendliest right. at all. Um, she had and, you thrown out. Yeah. And I, no, 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 she didn't. But I kind of had that, you know, in my head for, for years. And yeah. then she came down to Philadelphia and she did uh, a luncheon for me uh, for her story down on, on Ben FM. And um, she is, it's just her personality. She is, um, 
I don't want. I, I, it was very. She did it for a free. Hardcore she, lesbian. No, no, no. She she did it for free. She came down um, and and did this event for us because she you know believed in 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 what we were uh, well, you know cool. what we were talking about. It, it it was very nice. It's just I think that's just her personality. It's not that she's you know not friendly or not a nice person. It's just kind of how she is when okay. she's out in public. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, she turns fifty two today. Uh, Vivian Campbell, guitarist for um, a few bands, Def Leppard, Dio. White Snake is mainly what I remember him from, but he is celebrating his 58th birthday today. I believe he had a cancer scare, too, Vivian Campbell. Uh, 58. Also, uh, just a couple more here. Jeff Downs, who is the keyboard player for uh, Asia, also a member of Yes and The Buggles. If you if you see the, the video, yeah. Kill the Radio Star video, he's in that, uh, and, and he's playing keyboards, obviously, and he, he always had, like, Eight or ten different keyboards, and would run around. I love those setups. Place. Tony yeah. Banks had the same thing on Genesis. Yeah, so he's uh, 68 years old today. Uh, two more birthdays: Alexander Skarsgård, the actor, one of the the Skarsgård yes. clan. Skarsgårds. He was on uh, True Blood. Um, you know, what he was in which I I didn't hate. It wasn't a great movie, but Legend of Tarzan. No, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's decent. Uh, and he turns 44 today, and then celebrating her 32nd birthday, Kathy Romano. Hey, hey. So sweet of you uh, <laughs> to point that 32. out. Thirty-two. Yeah, I mm-hmm. know. Oh God! Don't look a day over. Oh wait, one more birthday. I'm sorry, I missed one. Blake Lively. Oh, stunningly beautiful. She's thirty-three. She's got a year on you, Kath. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, clearly, I look younger than her. Come yeah, on. She's when, old and hideous. Yeah. Yeah. When did she first jump out at you? When uh, I'll tell you, Green Lantern. Green Lantern. I was yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. She's when I when there's a scene where she shows up at a party all done up, and I'm like. Wow. <laughs> she is a stunner and uh, very, very happy with her and Ryan. She's 33 today. All right. See if we can get an answer to the stupid question. What actor is first to be nominated for and win posthumously the Academy Award for Best Actor? And we are going to go to Troy for the answer. Hey, Troy, how you doing? Hey, how are you? Good. Troy, do you know the answer? <laughs> I do. It reminds me of an Eagles song. James Dean. Yes, James oh. Dean. Correct. Oh. 1955. Is Was it that giant? Uh, let's take a look. And East of Eden. East of Eden. Okay, he only no, made no, just no, a no, handful no, of films. Sorry, it was giant. It was giant because because that was in '56. He won it in '55. Okay, uh, for East of Eden or uh, for East of Eden, and then Giant is when he and won. And then Nerds the in Paradise. Award. Yes, he won the award. He didn't win that when he was <laughs> no, nominated, no, yeah. but. All right, let me get into the entertainment report as Warner Media's uh, reportedly near the end of its investigation into the Ellen Jenner show. Ellen plans to discuss the allegations against her and other leaders directly. Uh, among the charges, <coughs> excuse me, are claims of sexual misconduct, racism, and workplace bullying on the set. And as we've reported, three producers, uh, uh, executive producers Ed Glavin and Kevin Lehman, and co-executive producer Jonathan Norman have been ousted, and uh, she said in a staff memo that she plans to make changes in the day-to-day management of the show. Uh, the Daily Mail asked Generous how she would handle the allegations when her show returns in September. She said, I will be talking to my fans. Meanwhile, Australia's Channel 9 network is the first to officially pull the plug on the show, uh, following the viral reports of the bad onset behavior. Uh, they said in a... Uh, statement, we are reset, re-arresting Ellen Repeats and uh, have replaced it with Desperate Housewives. So what she, so right now, I know she was conducting the show um, vis-a-vis like, uh, you know, a Zoom link and all that stuff and doing some stuff like that. Is that still going on or is it, 
are there new episodes or they're in complete mm. hiatus now? No idea. Okay. Sorry, I wish I could tell you, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I, I don't know, Steve, uh, quite possibly. Um, all right, Steve, this is for you. Uh, K-pop megastars, RM, Jin, Suga, J-Hope, Jimin, V, and Jungkook. Yeah, that's my favorite. Made history on Friday with the release of their new single, Dynamite, as a music video for the song set the new record for the biggest 24-hour debut, amassing a whopping 101 million views in its first day on the Holy on hell! YouTube. That is correct. It's like yes. one of your drum videos. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Uh, the track also set the uh, record for the biggest music video premiere when it uh, garnered over 3 million concurrent view viewers when it premiered on the platform. <laughs> I was I was one of those viewers, by the way. Uh, did you watch it? I did watch it. It's in English. Yeah, BTS uh, Dynamite new record means it's the first and currently the only YouTube video in history to receive more than 1 million views within its first 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I have to say it was okay. I wasn't blown away by oh, it. The really? Way it was, the way I was blown away by that, that magical night when I watched them perform live on SNL. Okay. When I realized my heart would be theirs forever. Dynamite also saw BTS break the record for the biggest Spotify debut of 2020 when it garnered 7.779 million streams in its first 24 hours. The track also set multiple iTunes records, becoming the fastest song to ever reach number one in 100 countries with a time of just eight hours and making BTS the only artist to ever have five songs achieve 100 number ones. Think, wow. Think of that. Think of the amount of people yeah. that had to watch it. Yeah. Meanwhile, BTS recently said that they hope their new single, which is their first to be sung entirely in English, will bring happiness and confidence to their fans amid the coronavirus pandemic. It, so. it brought some happiness to me. It brought a little bit more confidence, I'd have to say. Okay, good. Excellent. So it wasn't right, a 50-50 so split. I know that's more music news territory, but I thought <laughs> right. I'd yeah, sit here. Is it really? Well, I was, I low, I was low on stories. Okay. What? It's just like somebody who speaks a little bit of English and Korean decided to write down a whole bunch of phrases and then rock and, and roll, roll, yeah, rock and stone. roll, and telephone. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, let's uh, turn this into a K-pop song. It's <laughs> <laughs> your standard. Nuts and pizza. I like French fries too. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was enough to get them. Ice, the biggest beer, cold ice beer debut in the history of YouTube. So yeah, you can't argue with that. <laughs> They're doing something right, man. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Shaquille O'Neal is going to enjoy this. Turner Sports in the NBA's most comedic and dominant big man reached a multi-year extension with Turner Sports that will include an expanded role with TNT's Inside the NBA and NBA and TT, uh, TNT coverage. Here's a great honor to with Looking forward to many more years working <laughs> Now, he has contributed to the network winning six Emmys during his nine-year tenure. Okay. Uh, uh, he talked about first getting on board. He said, I wanted to be professional, but I the producer be, but said I, that we didn't bring you here for that. Yeah, they told me that. We don't want you to look at the cameras. We don't want the analytics. We want you to be yourself, he said. So once I started following that, I became more comfortable. We want you to hold this key light. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, part of the lighting grid. I love Shaq. 
I, I, I think he's too. he's great at what he does. He's he's a great personality, and he's also, uh, as we said before, the guy is a genius when it comes to business. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you know how much, what he's associated with? He's part owner of the Ring Doorbell. He's uh, he's in uh, what's the, the the general the yeah. insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he's like twelve different things. And and is it Papa John's? Is he yeah, Papa John's? He's, he's in Papa John's. I don't know. I would like to talk to him one day. I'd love. I'd love to have. Uh, I'd like to talk to yeah. you. Yeah, I'd like to have a uh, an interview or meet with him or something like that. He's a guy. Ever since he did that one show where he would take on other athletes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it was the Shaq versus. Or? Yeah, it was something like it was that. Good. It was a very well done program, and and he was a great talent on it. He My friend is friends with him, so I'll see. Oh, good. What yeah. Can do. Can you do that? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Does she live near him? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. She lives in the area here, um, but she worked in uh, the NBA for years and actually uh, had a nice relationship with him. All right. That'd be great. If So he's re-signing. It might be a reason to, to get him on. You know, so. Happy birthday, Kat. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the Powerpuff Girls could soon fly again. Uh, Variety has learned that a live-action version of the classic Cartoon Network series is in development at the CW. On uh, the updated version of the series, the titular superheroes are now disillusioned 20-somethings who resent having lost their childhood to crime fighting. Uh, so is there? A, so it's sort of a sense of humor to it? It's a, it's yeah. a comical take on it? I would think so. The All project right. hails from writers and executive producers Heath Regner, Regnier, I think, mm-hmm. and Diablo Cody. Yeah, I know uh, The original Powerpuff Girls <laughs> was created by Craig McCracken, and in that series, uh, Professor Utonium... Accidentally created the elementary school age super team of Blossom Bubbles and Buttercup by combining sugar spice and everything nice with the mysterious Chemical X. Uh, the show ran for six seasons and 78 episodes between uh, 98 and 2005. They're very popular. I remember that. Uh, the Powerpuff Girls movie was released in 2002 while a rebooted animated series began airing on Cartoon Network in 2016. Uh, so they're looking to do live action. Should be interesting if they can pull that off or not. Uh, actor Alan Rich, who was blacklisted in Hollywood early in his career and later found his niche as a versatile character actor in hundreds of roles, passed away on the 22nd uh-huh. at Lillian Booth Actors Home in Inglewood, New Jersey. He was 94 years old. He's he's one of those guys who's been in a lot of stuff. And you, you see go, him, you know him. Yeah, you go, oh, yeah, him. But apparently he had a, he had a pretty... Uh, interesting career. His notable feature film credits include playing District Attorney Herman Tauber in Serpico, Judge uh, Judson in Steven Spielberg's Amistad, and television executive Robert Kintner in Robert Redford's Quiz Show, for which the New York Times reviewed his performance as having the gruff assurance of a real executive. He was always playing that kind of guy. Yeah, he worked with uh, some of the classics, Edward G. Robinson, Jack Palance, Henry Fonda, and so on. Marilyn Chambers. Uh, well, I don't know about that. Uh, Ridge's advocacy of civil rights landed his name in Red Channels, which was the Hollywood blacklist. And he actually had to he had to give up his acting for a long time. He, had, he wasn't able to get a job. And... Um, so he needed to support a young family. He became a stockbroker, eventually opening a brokerage firm. He then uh, developed an expertise in modern art. He opened the Alan Rich Galleries on Madison Avenue. And eventually, he returned to acting in the 1960s. And after he was in Serpico in 73, his television appearances, he started being cast more after Again, Serpico. Yeah. But he was on All in the Family, Beretta, Kojak, NYPD Blue, Barney Miller, Happy Days, The Nanny, Curb Your Enthusiasm. So he did everything. Did you ever see the, the movie The Front? Woody Allen's movie, The Front? No. Uh-oh. So uh, that uh, focuses in on that time. Now, during that, that time with the McCarthy hearings and all that stuff, when they were going after communists in entertainment, or with, who they perceived to be communists, 
uh, actors couldn't work because they were you know they 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 look like themselves. But writers would write under pseudonyms and and have other people submit their work for them. And they were they, that was the front. Your front would be the person who would submit your manuscripts or your stuff under their name so that you could keep on working. But actors didn't have that same luxury. Uh, Rich developed his own acting technique detailed in his book called The Leap from the Method, and some of his famous students included Sharon Stone, Jamie Lee Curtis, Renee Russo, Donna Dix, and Alan Thicke, and Larry Miller. And uh, he was uh, 94, unfortunately, but uh, the family has asked that uh, donations uh, be made to his daughter uh, Marion's uh, nonprofit Global Pay Play uh, Brigade, which is an effort to help those impacted by COVID-19. So sad news. But 94, that's a nice long run. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kathy sent this along to me. I've not watched the trailer from this yet, but finally, the documentary Class Action Park is coming out. <laughs> and it's about Action Park in yeah. Vernon, New Jersey. In the 17 years between when Action Park opened in 1978 and closed in 1996, a total of six deaths were confirmed to have occurred there. Countless serious injuries were also recorded. Twitter users have reacted to the documentaries. Alarming new trailer with excitement. One user wrote, had no clue. I need this documentary in my life until now. Can't wait. Another said, oh, my God, move over Tiger King. This looks insane. One of the deaths was decapitation. No. Exactly. You yes. think that would that would just be the, the end of an amusement well, park. But when you can move around and get past a decapitation, that's right? a special place. Well, you know what he did? What the owner did was no, they said nobody would insure him. So he created his own insurance company and insured himself. That oh is God. brilliant. <laughs> oh, my I mean, it's God. It's diabolical, but yeah. Jesus. In yeah. the trailer, a compilation of voiceovers detailing the events which unfolded at Action Park, including alleged electric. <laughs> Electrocution and decapitation. One person speaks about a thrill seeker being impaled on a bull, while another one fractured their vertebrae. Attractions at the theme park, of course, included the water slide featuring the 360-degree closed loop and an infamously rough wave pool. In a single week in 1982, two people died on extreme water rides in the park. And the uh, the documentary also investigates, like Kathy was saying, how the park's owner, Eugene Mulville, Mulville Hill, was able to keep that park open for nearly 20 years despite the numerous incidents and deaths as well. So it's going to hit uh, HBO Max on the 27th. So this week, yeah, on Thursday, uh, yeah. it's coming out. We may have to talk about that again. I know we've spoken about Action Park many times. but I mean, even in this trailer, there's I went a number of times. My aunt and uncle lived uh, not far from this water park, so we used to go all the time. And, I mean, I rode these rides, and we, we would never leave without somebody getting <laughs> hurt. Someone hurt. Uh-huh. Was, that, was that usually your sign that it was time to pack it in when someone got an injury? I mean, I'm telling you, everybody left with an somebody left with an injury every time we went. I'll tell you what, though. I remember as a kid seeing the commercials, and uh, or, or at least when they, whenever they were airing, uh, you know, uh, and uh, I have to go there. It looks awesome. Yeah. It looked perfect, doesn't it? <laughs> like, Never made it there, though. Yeah. Is it just one, or is it a series, did you say? I think it's I just... I think it's a series. Or no, it's a documentary. Yeah, I think it's just one. So it's not a docu-series, it's yeah, just a it's documentary. documentary. Yeah, okay. So, all right, so that's coming up. Uh, the Also, the first trailer for Showtime's The Comey Rule has dropped, with Brendan Gleeson appearing as Donald Trump. The two-part limited series will appear, or I mean, so will air uh, September 27th and 28th, and is based on the New York Times best-selling book, A Higher Loyalty, and Jeff Daniels is playing FBI director James Comey. So that one is on the way as well. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld shared his thoughts about what he who he called the putz who wrote a viral essay claiming that New York City is dead forever thanks to COVID-19. Uh, penning his own op-ed in the New York Times, he responded to hedge fund manager James 
Altucher's argument. Uh, and he said, uh, feeling sorry for yourself because you can't go to the theater for a while is not the essential element of character that made New York the brilliant diamond of activity that it will one day be again. He said, do you think Rome is going away too? London, Tokyo, the East Village? They're not. They're, they change. They mutate. They reform because greatness is rare. And the true greatness uh, that is New York City is beyond rare, he says. Uh, Kira Knightley has signed on to star in and executive produce The Essex Serpent, which is based on Sarah Perry's novel of the same name. What's it about? Uh, I don't know. I just have seen that it's popped up a couple of times, uh, that they're promoting it, and I don't really know, Steve. The series is coming out on Apple, and it represents her second project with the streamer in the past few There's months. too much stuff. I mean, there's, a was, there's a there's a movie that uh, like like on Hulu. Uh, you see the commercials for this Vince Vaughn movie. It's basically the purge applied to drinking and drug rules. No, what? So that yeah, you can just go for any age, what, or any anybody, age. Any drug. Yes, yes, exactly. And it's it's done in that. St- but it's 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 a comedy, obviously. Okay. All right. But uh, mm. in fact, it's it's the uh, the star Preston is is the son from the um, the last vacation movie. Oh, okay, and it says here, oh, it's called The Binge. Yeah, yeah. So it's clearly... <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's clearly a riff on The Purge. The Binge. <laughs> you just go out and just... You, ju- you like, do anything illegal in the world every- of substance. Exactly, okay. exactly. All right. <laughs> no, I have not seen that, but now... But again, there's too much to watch. Now I'm intrigued. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. A couple more quick things here. Uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson... I like him. ...is loving life. His husband, uh, Justin Makita, shared a picture of the Modern Family star uh, burping their baby, Beckett Mercer, uh, whom they welcomed on July 7th. And he wrote uh, The New Normal. So burping, baby, burking, burping baby Beckett. Burping baby Beckett. That Rubber is baby, bubby, buggy, buggy, okay, can't do buggy it. bumpers. Yeah, Close. just can't do it. We got to work on that. Yeah, uh, and you know what? Let's just let's. Well, you know what? One last what? thing. One uh, last the, thing. The, yeah, the Berlin International Film Festival has decided to go gender neutral with its awards next year. Uh, the directors uh, Marriott Rissenbeek and Carlo uh, Chatran, Chatran said in a joint statement that we believe uh, that not separating the uh, awards in the acting field, according to gender compromise, comprises a signal for a more gender-sensitive awareness in the film industry. So they're going to take it out for a spin and see how that goes. We'll see how it works out. All right, now we're going to do the clips. Winona Earp follows a woman with unique abilities as she teams up with unlikely allies to battle demons and other paranormal creatures. And in this clip, star... Melanie Scrafano discusses the fan loyalty to the series. Here we go. I don't think it was terribly surprising. We already knew how much support we had from them just by how positive they are online. And they're always, like, giving us the best of themselves. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was not a surprise because we know that they're such great people. Mm -hmm. But it was also so, you know, reaffirming. What the f***? The, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, and Nick, if you could do a little check on this, I think this is from a series that the comic book company Zenoscope, uh, you know, the local company, okay. created, and it's it's a success with it. The show's oh, really? very popular, yeah. Okay. Uh, Winona Earp airs uh, Sundays. That's at uh, 10 o'clock on Sci-Fi. Nick will look into that while we do the next clip. Twelve contestants compete in a series of wet, over-the-top challenges in order to win a $10,000 cash prize in Cannonball. 
And in this clip, co-host The Miz explains some of the simple obstacles that the contestants will face. And here we go. They have to go through an immense amount of challenges, ranging from our mega slide, which is only 100 feet tall. When you go down it, you're only going like 60, 70 miles per hour. And then once you're launched off of it, you're only going about 80 feet in the air. I like big balls. Uh, Cannonball airs Thursday night at 8 o'clock, and that is on USA. So this one seems distinguished by the fact that the, uh, the, the challenges that they're doing are really up high. So you know they're 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 launching. I'm watching the uh, the trailer for this thing, and they're 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 at a higher altitude than most of the other uh, shows like this. Okay, will condone. I love it. Excellent. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in uh, today's entertainment report. We have a lot today. We have several people joining us, and we got things to give away. So happy day, dear friends. We have uh, Joey Fatone on the program. Mister Skin will be joining us. We're going to talk a little bit of sports because of what went on with Brett Brown over the yes. weekend and the Flyers. Michael Barkham will be joining us. And we have we have character actor George Weiner on. For those who love the movie Spaceballs, he is Colonel Sanders from that movie. And he's been in a host of other things as well. So we're just going to talk to him about his career. I love interviews like that. That's what he's coming like up that. for, yep. yeah. All right, so we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. A lot to get to today, including a, uh, a tattoo stay. We have a chance for you to win $350 gift certificate to our floating world tattoo and piercing on South Street in Philly. Text the word tattoo to 39333. We're going to grab a random winner. Maybe it's you. We'll find out. We're going to take a break. Be right back. What's new? Why do you ask? Cage the elephant. Larkin Poe. Rival Sons. We move through the world like shooting stars across the sky. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Hopefully everybody had a uh, wonderful, uh, well, we had a longer weekend, but hopefully the the weekend was nice to you. We have, I haven't said anything about this yet, uh, but there's been something that's been going on in my neighborhood, and it's been happening, <laughs> I don't know, for, I guess for the last half of the summer or so. You, you were reticent to bring it up. You have had a change of heart about it, and you kind of indicated to us what it was. And I, and I remember thinking when you first said it, what? Yeah. <laughs> So in my neighborhood recently, and I, and if this has been happening in your vicinity or wherever you hang, uh, feel free to call in. But we have been getting cheesed in our neighborhood. Okay. Okay. So whoever is doing this is enjoying uh, cars that are parked on the street because uh, we have, you know, you can driveway and street parking. Um, and going by and throwing... Single slices of American cheese onto huh. cars, huh? and they stick. Well, the cars are. Uh, uh, it, we assume it's they're a little they're warmer. Warm. It's the yeah. summer, so you throw the cheese and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And By it, the way, what is it, it with PA and cheese things? <laughs> right. If yeah. you're not spanking it with cheese, yeah, you're throwing, you're throwing it, on, it cars. on cars. So, so they so, so it's just a slice of cheese. Several slices okay. of cheese, and uh, and so the cheese. <laughs> Will melt to the side of the car. Uh, okay, yeah, exactly. So it happened to us a while back. I didn't want to say anything about it because I didn't want anybody who was doing this that might be listening having the satisfaction knowing that they got us. Single slice or multiple? Single, well, multiple slices. There were yeah. on my car. I think there were four slices altogether. 
Well, and, nice and even. And and I had to park on the street for, you know, whatever yeah. reason. And sure enough, I came out and like, yep, of course. And so I very quickly, uh, you know, I, I didn't do the full clean job because I need to get in work and do the prep and everything. So I didn't want to spend too much time. So I, I got essentially most of the cheese off of my vehicle and then drove home. Then I cleaned it up later on. But as I was... As I was like, God damn it! I was, you know, I was, I was pissed off when it happened. Sure, but as I was cleaning the cheese off of my car, whoever thought they would say those phrases? I got to get up words. and clean the cheese off the car. Yeah. As I was cleaning the cheese off of my car and frustrated at doing it, I had a moment of clarity, and that moment of clarity was: if I was a teenager, yeah, I probably would have done the same thing. So this, to me, falls in the ranks of uh, soaping. Uh, egging. Yeah. Uh, now paper. the question was light vandalism. Light vandalism. When it was cleaned off the car, was there residual you damage? Know, right. no, no. Okay. okay. You no. had you had a special protective cheese coat put on your car. I, we we did the we did yeah. the undercoating and the cheese coating. Right. Both. <laughs> Uh, to make sure that we would have protection. Because American it... or all forms of cheese. It would... We'll go. Let's go with European as well. Right. Because didn't the soaping damage the car? No. No. The eggs do. Oh, the eggs. Egg, egg like egg, uh, egg uh, yolk and and everything on the on the side of a house will screw up the paint. I believe it's just the same on a car. Okay. Okay. I'd always heard it was a grapefruit that can mess up your paint. Uh, oh, so I could see I don't that. Get my, like... Now you're going to get fruited. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so you have, you don't know who it was. No. No. But it's been happening. To tons of cars in my neighborhood. And are people annoyed? Or they- yeah, yeah. I'd be annoyed. pissed off, and yet I find myself grinning as you're describing it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They're, they're yeah. annoyed, and I understand that. And then part of me stopped and goes, okay, dude, yeah, you, you would have done something like May that. May I ask you something? Mm-hmm. Were the cheeses placed, uh, the slices, at level, or do you have the, the impression that they were flung? Oh, they were thrown. Okay. Yeah, so somebody's driving by. Uh, a drive-by cheese. they're chucking the slices yeah, yeah. of cheese, and then they land on the cars, and then, they, then they'll melt. So, All right. Uh, now, as I was telling this story over the weekend to some other uh, people, um, they had said that they hadn't been getting cheesed, but they have been getting uh, Post-it noted. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, what's that? And I was like, whatever, you just pull the Post-it note off and, everything, and no big deal. Uh. But... People are putting lots of them on cars, like a whole bunch of them, where it's a real pain in the ass. With the word off. cheese on them? No, not with the okay. word cheese on them. But that would be, that would take some time. You're taking a risk if you're doing that. Yeah. I see that more as like a friendly prank to somebody you know. Yeah, Casey, you're exactly right. Didn't yeah. you do that? No. Um, or did well, Rovine do it to you? Rovine, um, he, he shrink wrapped my car. But I thought there was post-it notes involved. I thought either you did Maybe. post-it notes or he did post- post-it notes on your cubicle, like covered the thing. Yeah, I think he. I can't remember. I we he that and went I had on for such, a while. He yeah. and I had such a back and forth, but he he shrink wrapped my car. <laughs> but the joke was on him because I didn't have to clean it off. Like somebody else, like I guess security came in and and they ended <laughs> up cleaning my car <laughs> right, off, right, yeah. and I didn't have no to idea. do anything. Yeah. yeah. So the so the cheese thing is is apparently a TikTok uh, based oh TikTok yeah. challenge thing, and and Nick has pulled up some uh, YouTube videos that we're watching right now, and apparently a piece of cheese. Not unlike uh, you know, like a card, you can fling it and it'll, yeah. choom, right. it'll go really, really far. Uh, so they're kind of having fun throwing it as okay. well. Okay, I, I, so so I would absolutely do this as a teenager. I could, I could yeah. see myself being a total idiot and yep. annoying you, Preston. But I would, I would do this one hundred percent. Yeah, I probably would have done that. Uh, no, not me, man. I would never do anything like that. I was, n- I was such an angel that I would never spray paint somebody's garage or. Throw cheese or anything like that on on somebody's car. You being sarcastic? I'm t- no, I'm not being sarcastic. I couldn't quite tell. Yeah. All right, uh, let me go to Matt. Hey, Matt, you're on the air. Good morning. What's up, guys? 
Okay. All right. That was okay. interesting. Okay, Matt. <laughs> what's up, dude? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, like you guys said, I think it's like a TikTok thing. Um, it was it was like six months to a year ago uh, that throwing cheese on, like, I know your pets or, like, people or on vehicles while you drive by or just while you're in the house was a huge, like, trend for whatever reason. And, I like, if you look up uh, throwing a cheese on your cat, Throw, yes, I, yeah, you know, you're right. I did see that. Where you you, you throw a, a piece of um, usually like American cheese and you and you yeah. toss it on your cat. Okay, yeah. what does that do? I have no idea. Besides, don't you think that the, they'll the, eat it? And the first sort of a, uh, it, it's not as obvious a sticking surface yeah. as a car is. Right. Yeah, but I think that it, I think the point was it was like staying on the cat's face and the cat wasn't moving. It was just like <laughs> stuck to the face. Okay, all right. Like instead of jumping and eating it. Yeah. Uh, you know what, Preston? There's there's a video up in the studio Thanks, right man. now from when you were th- we were throwing cheese at each other. I don't even remember I this. don't remember <laughs> this, and we absolutely did this. How did we forget this? It's because we generate so much raw, uncompromised entertainment every day. Uh, there's a video of Kathy throwing a slice of cheese on your face, Steve. Maybe that must have been when the the, the cat videos came out. No, no, that was when know. the baby, when people were throwing cheese at their kids. That's at their right. Children. Yeah. That's and right. I, if anyone in this studio looks resembles a large baby, it's, it's me. You. That's true. <laughs> I'm going to go to Kenny. Hey, Kenny, good morning. <laughs> nice marriage of the two. Kenny, what's up, man? Uh, what's going on? So in high school, I was at my girlfriend's house, and a couple of my wrestling buddies um, saw my car in her driveway with the windows down, and they decided to uh, take my wrestling bag, duct tape it to my roof, but through the windows in my headliner with duct tape. And then I found a nice bag of human poop in the back seat. <laughs> Dude, that, I th- that's, well, that's cool. worse than cheese. Dude, it was awful. I couldn't get the smell out. I had a 92 tempo, and it ripped my headliner, and it smelled like crap for the next four years. Kenny, did anybody ever admit uh, to pooping in a bag? Hilarious. The fact that when I came out, they were actually mid-wrap, and I didn't see them, and they they jumped into the bushes, and I was freaking out, like dropping f words, and you know the whole nine. Yeah, and they were in the bushes cracking up. I didn't know they were in the bushes until the next day at, at high school. They were like, "So, did you find your bag?" I was like, "Yeah, these stupid jerks did that." And they were like, "Yeah, it was us." I'm so like, they they caught it immediately. Uh, is, isn't yeah. part of the thrill of doing it without knowledge of who <laughs> did it? I had no idea at the time, and I I was like complaining to them and. Yep, they they fessed right up. And I was like, was the poop your idea? And they were like, no, that was someone else's idea. I was like, yeah, likely story. <laughs> they, friends friends always tend to lie about their poop bags. I found that to be the case. To me, I that, should have sent that, it to the lab and got DNA testing done or something. Dude, that's that's just destructive. And you couldn't, you could the stink of the it poop stayed a, in the car? I'll give it to them. It was in a Ziploc, but I want to know who freaking poops in a Ziploc. And doesn't get it all over themselves. Well, somebody who cares. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. Somebody who cares. Now, it yeah. says here on our on our screen that you were going to call in and say you had bologna slices thrown on your car. Is that a completely different person or I, what? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, we used to do that in high school. I don't really have a story, but I figured it would get me on the air. <laughs> <laughs> Lead with the poop bag. No, the poop, poop eats yeah, bologna. Buddy. That's way better. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Kenny. I, I'll tell you this. There, I, for a while, there was a fetish. I don't know if it still exists. It was actually in the, in the porn world. A flinging um, deli meat. Yes. 
right? You know yeah, that. Throwing, throwing deli that, meat on that women. That apparently is a fetish yeah. for oh people, for guys, Kathy. <laughs> The only thing we did one time, and I've told the story before, is we took, uh, we, we were drunk one night and we were at somebody's apartment complex, and on the way out, we saw that there was a fire extinguisher, so we took it. Uh, and well, it was just sitting there. It was just sitting there. What could it possibly, there was no fire going on. And it was, uh, it was like a chemical one. It was like a powder one. And so, yeah. <laughs> so we took it to Chet's car. Oh, no. And Chad's probably listening right yeah. now. Chad, I'm fessing up to this. Ah. Uh, <laughs> we, we opened it up and... and and shot it in his car. <laughs> How long did it stay? How long? I don't know. I don't know. But the next day, he's, man, some a-hole did this. <laughs> when the, and we never messed up. <laughs> something that something that gets away from you, oh, like terrible. the cheese is is again is a low level bit of prankish yeah, vandalism. It's not stuff like horrible. like when the eggs when you egg a house and it, and then the house has to be repainted, mm-hmm. and that does happen. I've, that it'll stain the paint. Yeah, like you That's, know. Smash them, you know. Yeah. Uh, what do we used to call it? When, when you would smash a mailbox. Uh, oh, uh, baseball? Ba- oh, yeah, yeah, you take they baseball do it the be- bat. And... What's the, what do they call in the beginning of Stand By Me? Yeah, they, it was baseball. But yeah, yeah. yeah they, they would drive down the road and, and try and knock them off while they were moving, but we would just smash them. You know, it was stupid. Boys are so different because we I would never do any of this. Right. Like, I would never throw the cheese. Full-on the, I, the Yeah, the baseball bat to the mailbox, like, I just... I never understood that ever. I did it one time as one of my great moments of revenge. Somebody had done it to my mailbox, and I quickly ascertained who had done it. And you went, <clears throat> and I, I got, <laughs> I, I got a baseball bat. The family was up on the front yard. They're all looking at me God. as I, as I pull up. I get, I look, I, I have the bat in my hand, and they had one of these wonderful little sort of Swiss Alps sort of mailboxes. Bam! Bashed it to and bits. Got you. back in the car. Yeah. <laughs> Did anything ever come of that? No. That was the end. Because of it. they had done my house. How'd you find out? Oh, every the, everybody knew. It, there was like yeah. this was like the the group you knew were the the, the family of vandals in the neighborhood. Right. Uh, let me go to Matt. Hi, Matt. Good morning, Gadzooks guys. Gadzooks buddy, what's up? Hey, it's not vandalism, but it's a cute little thing that's been going on. I know you're a Jeep owner, Preston. Mm. Um, there's a, this thing that people have been doing now. They leave little baby rubber ducks on your Jeep, and it, it usually comes with a little tag that says, you've been ducked, and it's a real cute thing. Um, when you get ducked, you put it on, you take a picture of your Jeep, and maybe it's like, like a selfie and put it on Facebook. Someone There's did like that to my Jeep, I'd kill right him. <laughs> I would, I'd murder him. <laughs> All right, so I, that's that's a cutesy I, thing. Okay. It is. Yeah. I got ducked last week. It was pretty fun. So that's, that's, that's like the right. thing you have going on in the neighborhood. Thanks. So my, my neighbors had the, they, they were, uh, in Maniunk, they were trading back and forth a, a lawn gnome. Okay. That was, so that's benign. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Casey, what were you talking about? There was something where it was almost like, um. Booing. Wine. He, he, was no, t- wine. he was talking about yeah. it's kind of like bowing around Halloween, which is where you leave candy. But this right. is wine, wine, alcohol, all of it. I guess I don't we, know. We did that during Halloween. So like when the kids got booed, we also so we would take two baskets over. The parents would also get wine. All right, that's well, that's fun. That's not waking up having to scrape no. cheese off your no. car. <laughs> it's yeah, fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a gift. I yeah, mean, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, take it inside a, and get hammered. It's at a pass along thing. We use we do potato salad. For some reason, we Seriously? just leave it no, on the car. Uh, we just leave, you know, buckets of potatoes. Don't eat out. it; it's been out all day. <laughs> Let's me, that'll kill you. That's literally what I was thinking. I'm like, ew. There's just disgusting. not in a container a pile of potato salad. Uh, I'm gonna go to Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Good morning. Hi. Hey, what's up, Sarah? 
Um, when I was in high school, my sister and I were on the softball team together, and the team got into a prank war, and she actually stuck a bunch of Oreos to my car. So she separated them yeah. and stuck them all over. Sarah, That's pretty good. They're, they're kind of made for that, if you stop and think about it. They come with their own adhesive. Yeah. So, you, yeah, that, that, that does work. How many uh, Oreos would uh, be the average when you would attack a car? Uh, probably, like, four full packs. So wow. Four full packs. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to make you want to make it a pain in the ass for him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, she's the younger sister, so I made her clean it up. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. You know these cheesers are they're, they're going pretty light. They're doing like three, four slices, and that's it. You could take a whole twenty-four pack and really. Go nuts. It. It all you have to do is just unwrap them ahead of time. But you're right. So you run. Now what's happening is, do you have a ring? Do you have like a doorbell camera on no. your house? Well, a lot of people do, and they've been catching some of these people, but not enough identifying information is coming from that, like, you know, license plates and so on. Is it time to go vigilante there in Harleysville? Yeah, maybe yeah. so. <laughs> well, listen, Rochelle sat out one night in front and hiding behind the bushes. Really? Yeah, waiting for him to come by. Oh, serious? Did yeah, she- and this wasn't even, at, this was way before we ever got nailed. Like, she just wanted to sit out. Uh, did she see them? No, oh. nothing ever happened. You know, she, it's she, not like happening every night. Did she yeah, put yeah. camo makeup on her face? And we've heard of some people sitting in their car late at night, or just waiting for, for him to Does come anybody by have cameras? Somebody's got to have a camera Yeah, that's what Steve was saying. There, there are, but n- nobody's gotten, like, license plates or, or you know. Cheese brands. Or, yeah, you know, uh, actual <laughs> shots of the people doing it, but that's what I've heard. What so. a waste, too. Cheese what, is so good. You, I, I assume, well, what you go is you go with cheap. You go with, like, cheap. Well, Low grade, like American. I'm thinking they're using Kraft American cheese. I can tell by the consistency. Kraft American cheese is kind of gooey, you yeah, know, yeah. as opposed to the uh, the kind that you get actually sliced yeah. right, right, the yeah. deli. I don't think that would have enough tackiness. It wouldn't be quite gluey. Uh, so I think they're getting uh, Kraft singles. This is why you're not getting it catching on in the ritzier neighborhoods because cheese wheels don't stick to, you mm-hmm. know, like f- finer cheese won't stick to a car. Yeah, the I I don't know that. Uh, yeah, I don't think the uh, Reggiano will, no, uh, will no. actually have enough stickiness to it. Uh, I'm going to go to somebody named Doobie. Hey, Doobie. Hey, what's up, guys? Yo, Bob, what's going on? Oh, well, first I want to say thanks to Kathy for the traffic report. She always seems to tell me as soon as I'm getting the traffic. She's just re- welcome. She, she's just reaffirming what you already know. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I grew up in small town Alabama, and uh, our city hall had this beautiful fountain, and at nighttime they would have colored lights on it, you know, reds and blues and purples and all that kind of stuff. So as teenagers, me and my friends would go to the grocery store from time to time and buy that huge industrial box of uh, laundry soap. Yeah. And at nighttime we'd sneak up to the fountain and dump all that powdered soap into the fountain. Okay. So, yeah, so it started, when it started running through the pump, of course, it would suds up. It was studs over. Studs would be going all over the lawn of City Hall. But the lights made it so beautiful. We had to do it from time to time. It was just so magnificent. Soaping a fountain is a standard. Yeah. Yeah. And it, oh, yeah. it, it does yeah. work. And, and then if you get the light show, it's just a bonus. Oh, yeah. And it was a family tradition because my dad actually told me about it. when he. Oh, was my so. God. Your dad taught you to do that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. right. Thank you, guys. But, yeah, I wonder if that did any damage uh, at all because that's that's part of the thing. You know, there's light vandalism and then there's the real deal, like smashing mailboxes. You you remember? Destruction of property. Justin Bieber. You remember the story from a few years ago? He, uh, he, I think it was Lil Za, his buddy, and they went uh, and they egged a house next door and wherever they were, Brentwood, California, wherever it was. 
and uh, they were fined something like thirty, forty thousand dollars in damage against the, uh, the the paint and the door. Yeah, a little close, real deal damage. I'm going to go to Mike. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Good morning, folks. How is everybody? Good. What's up, bud? All right. So, growing up, we lived in Nevada, which is where Gary Lauer lives. Yes. <laughs> of course yeah. it is. So, with that, um, a friend of mine had, I had a, three tentacles. <laughs> so, a friend of mine has a panel van, and they used to go to the supermarket and buy all the pies they could. And they would drive down Kensington Avenue. Now, if you've never taken that beautiful ride, you can't fit without hitting a hooker. So they would pull up, call over a hooker, slide open the panel van, and hit her in the face with a pie. Oh, that's – now, to oh me, that's that's God. that's assault, you know? Now, even and you, even if you want to make the case that you're providing a meal, right. it's, it's still – I think that's wrong. I have a couple of questions. What, what kind of pies are we talking, Mike? From what I understand, I, I remember they just tried to buy whatever was going expired to get it cheaper than actually paying full price. So okay. I'm not really sure. Because you can just take price. a you can take a pie tin and fill it with whipped with cream, cream, and that's you know that's, that's pretty, the standard. That's yeah. what Soupy Sales used to yeah, do. It makes a mess. It looks funny. It doesn't you know it's not going to hurt them or anything but like a, that. A pie has some heft to it. Sometimes you don't want to you don't right. kill a hooker exactly. with a pie. Exactly. And number two. Uh, there's usually a pimp around somewhere. Yes, who's not happy. Who's not happy because with... Because a, a hooker with pie on her face don't sell. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Anybody ever get uh, beat up or killed because of that, Mike? <laughs> no, no, I, I never did it personally. Just the guys I hung with. So I'm not really sure, but from what I understand... There was a, a quick pie in the face and taken uh, off. Mike, while I don't condone this because I consider it to be assault, did you start to accrue a knowledge of what was the preferred pie amongst hookers? <laughs> I didn't. For my guess, it's cherry pie. Okay, cherry pie. All right. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. That's uh, yeah, that's a new one there. Ima- imagine, the mo- imagine the level of boredom that makes you say, I know what. Yeah. Let's get some pies and throw them in hookers' faces. <laughs> really? I'm, I'm surprised that How hasn't, about a soccer league? I'm surprised that hasn't taken off during the pandemic. People are looking Absolutely. for something to do. Right after banana bread. Yeah. I'm going to go to Rich. Hi, Rich. Good morning. You guys rock. Oh! Rich. All right. What do you want to tell us, buddy? Well, so in high school, probably six or eight of us started messing around and doing little things with each other's cars. It started off real small. Like, they would. Uh, my car had a pretty sensitive alarm, so they would hit it, and it would go off, and I'd be in class, and somebody would say, hey, your alarm's going off. Yeah, not uh-huh, funny. So then we would, like, lock each other's cars in, sticky notes. We The one girl had a small little S10 pickup. Some of the bigger football guys would pick it up and spin it around <laughs> in a parking spot. Yeah. So when she tried to leave, it was sideways, locked in between two cars, couldn't go anywhere. Right. And it kept getting, you know, nothing major, but it kept escalating. So eventually we had this one guy, Ken. Ken, if you're listening, I miss you, buddy. <laughs> He was a bigger guy. He had a uh, like a pickup with a cap on the back, and it had the sliding back window. So we made one of our smaller guys climb through the cap, through the back window, and tie his door shut, like from one you know inner door to inner door. Oh, oh my god! Pull the door open. Yeah. So you know we, everybody left. He was one of the last ones to leave. We didn't think anything about it. Well, we came into school the next day, and he was pissed. I mean, pissed. Turns out nobody else was there when he got out. Of course, he couldn't fit through the window. Uh-huh. Spent hours there. And if I remember correctly, we're talking 20 years ago, he missed his mom's birthday or something of big importance. And uh, that's a family funeral. Prank wars. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the thing with the prank war, uh, you be, 
you eventually escalate to the point where the only likely progression is murder. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, and I think you can't, and that's the problem. It starts to escalate. Like, Casey, you're ongoing Rovine uh, prank war. At a certain point, it's like you just you can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere where it's actually going to cause damage or, you know, get him in trouble or get yourself in trouble. Yeah. My favorite thing I did to him, though, is I caught, I had that, that flashing, uh, yeah. like it was a police light, and it, it had a really, like, heavy-duty magnet, yeah. and I caught him as he was heading out of the parking lot to go to lunch, and he was driving all the way to Maniunk, <laughs> and I stuck that thing on top of his car, and he drove all the way to Maniunk <laughs> The light going. So it was a self-powered, yeah. like a battery-powered yeah. light, which is hilarious. You, you, he, he didn't even come close to touching you. You, I he tried him every he tried. time. It was tried. a failure every time he tried to do what it. What were some of the other ones you did? I don't even. Who remember. did the M and M's in the overhead? Was that you did that to him? No, I would never waste M and M's, Kathy. No, yeah. there was, no. Some, was it ping pong balls. It, it might have been ping pong balls yeah. or like in the overhead uh, cabinet at his. Yes. Cubicle. And so when he came was in, it M&M's? Opened, it was, I could have sworn it was M&M's. I thought it was M&M's. We too. had so many effing M&M's here at one point because we'd done a Ooh. contest. It might have been M&M's. I, listen, I know it was something small like that, like BB's, M&M's, yeah, uh, ping pong balls or whatever. But yeah. For the for, for a while we were doing, uh, the, the standard was to do a just married <laughs> sign on the back of a car. Yeah. With, um, you know, everything like the streamers and the cans rolled up. So the second they pulled away, it would deploy. <laughs> yeah. What was that magnet that we put on the back of Bill Weston's car? Oh, it was like, that. what has two thumbs and loves BJ's or something like that? And it was like this guy right here. But it was something like that, but it wasn't that. <laughs> yeah, we had some inappropriate ones. <laughs> we have a whole bunch. There was, a, there was one that we had. We had an electric uh, a licensed tag holder. That we never got to install. That no. every time you would hit the brake would send up some sort of foul message. Whatever we, whatever we message we wanted get to put it on installed. there. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go to Brian. Hey, Brian. Good morning, Matt Damon. Mm. Matt Damon. What's up, bud? <laughs> What's happening? Listen, this is the era of everyone going out and getting those ribbon magnets that would stick on the car. Yes. So my friends thought it was hilarious to go steal a bunch of those. And a bunch of those magnets you would get from, like, a pizza shop and just completely cover my car with it in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. When I come out in the morning, I'm going 16 miles up the Blue Route, and these magnets are flipping <laughs> off my car, you know? <laughs> so I figured, look, I work at a restaurant. I'm going to win. I stole a whole thing. And I stole a whole thing of blue cheese. I'm a big bucket of blue cheese, and I covered this guy's car in blue cheese. Oh, okay? man. <laughs> and I could just imagine the person riding behind him on the way to work <laughs> Flying oh. your car, man. How, I, mean, I know that, and he did not live close to a gas station like that. You can go to one of the cheap, you know, spray wash ones. There's no way he didn't at least drive a few miles on 95 with blue cheese covering people's. Cars. How thick was it ladled on? What's that? How thick was the blue cheese coating? Oh, it was like that thick, good stuff, <laughs> and it was real chunky. I... I it's know the exact creamy style. Yeah, I know the t- style you're talking about. I worked in a couple restaurants, a big bucket of that stuff. Fantastic. Really thick and chunky. Feel, <laughs> I wanted to feel like uh, pepperoni and throw the pepperoni on it. <laughs> to to make his car mobile P- a pizza, yeah. That's pretty good, I already good had too. to put gloves on and slime it up. I mean, come on, that's great. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, thanks. It is. Fine. So when you get out, though, when you are the subject of that sort of thing, and it's, you know, it's like, oh, no. You know, like removing cheese from your car was... The last thing you wanted to do that morning, yeah, you know. Uh, one thing that you can do is tie. While people don't really have metal trash cans anymore, 
But if you tied metal trash can lids to somebody's bumper and then you put it under their car, <laughs> so when they pull, oh, so they don't see it when they're getting into the car, and then they pull away and they they had this rattling, blah, 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 you know, with the with the metal trash yeah, can yeah, lids. Yeah. That was a gag that people would pull back in the day. Uh, what was that thing they used to sell? It was in the Johnson and Smith catalog uh, for for years. It was a novelty catalog. You remember? And it was a whistle you'd put in the exhaust pipe. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. As, so as you were driving, it's like every... the whistles go woo. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Right. Uh, really, that's a good one. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I'll go next to Nick. Hey, Nick. Good morning. What's up, guys? You guys rock. Thank <laughs> you, buddy. What's going on, Nick? So we used to uh, we used to prank uh, people by we would take we'd go to the dollar store and buy gigantic tubs of Vaseline. And uh, you know how your windshield wipers in the down position, you can still fold them up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we would smear the entire windshield wiper with Vaseline, and then we'd put them back down against the windshield, <laughs> and then we'd go right into the middle of the driver's windshield with our finger full of Vaseline, and we'd put one dot. Okay. So when they got in in the morning, and they're like, "What's that smudge on my windshield?" And yep. they turned their windshield wipers oh on, and it would streak the whole windshield. <laughs> what up? Pain in the ass to clean off, too, man. Because it's oil-based. Yeah. And it's going to take a long... You know, that puts me in mind of one of my... It's not a car thing, wow. but it's it's one of the best. Thanks, Nick. The talcum powder in the hair dryer or the talcum powder on the ceiling the fan. The ceiling fan it's, is excellent. It never <laughs> fails. It's just the best. Speaking of the windshield wipers, this morning as I was leaving, the my uh, windshield was kind of foggy. There was a little bit of moisture on it, too, so I turned the wiper on and... And it goes across, and then I, I'm, I'm backing out when I did it, and I look, and I see a couple, I see like a little trail where the wiper went across. I'm like, what the hell is that? So I hit the wiper again. Dude, there was, I don't know how this happened, there was a dead bird wedged in my windshield oh wiper. Oh, my God. And, and I raked it across, yeah. and like feathers and stuff <laughs> came across. Yeah. You had a bird die in your windshield? Well, there's a, uh, <clears throat> the, the basketball goal is above where my <laughs> car was parked, so it had to have hit that and landed right on my windshield. Oh, so funny. the kids play basketball with dead birds. But yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Um, wow, man. that's. Yeah. I thought you were going to say a lantern fly for a second. No, but it was. <laughs> It's yeah. a full burden. I'm like, oh, my God. Jesus. Uh, but, um, yeah, let me go. Uh, we got to take a break here in just a second. I'm going to go to Dave. Hey, Dave, good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Thank oh. you, Dave. What's up, bud? Uh, not much, man. So, first off, wasn't me. <laughs> I'm going to claim innocence for up the start here. But when we were in high school, I had a buddy who thought it was hilarious to collect dog food from his house. And he would come during school. We'd go out around lunch. And he would stick pieces of the poop under the door handles of the cars oh. in the parking lot. And then at the end of the day, we would sit and watch people come out. And when they go to open their door, their hand would go in and right into the poop. Oh. And it, it was just hilarious. Yeah, the poop uh, poop prankers are a rare are a, are a, a, a rare breed. I, I I don't I don't get the poop stuff. But uh, were you the were you victimized by this as well? Oh, I, 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 I never got it done to me, thankfully. But yeah. It actually got to the point where the police were 
called to the school to say that it was actually a crime and we never got to do it again. But as as funny as that might be for the guy who did that, he's the one that had to handle all this dog crap <laughs> yeah. and shove well, it up in there. And has made it and a he's, thing. He's he's been he's been picking dog yeah. crap, so he's spent more time with all this feces. <laughs> Than the person who received this. So yeah. I think he's got issues. Yeah, he might. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's time to visit well, the therapist. He at least he used the glove. Are we sure? But still, <laughs> he's had more time smelling it and handling it and yeah. all that stuff. I'm going to so. get one over on this guy. Right. It's going to take about five hours of collecting dog crap. <laughs> exactly. But it'll be worth yeah. it for the three and a half seconds he seems I to I mean, well, honestly, use chocolate pudding or something. You know, you don't actually have to use real poop. If you're going to be a purist, you need to go. You need to be Gotta accurate. Yeah. Um, well, interesting. Not not one call concurring the uh, the cheese thing. So it looks like it's exclusive to my neighborhood. <laughs> it's to your neighborhood, and clearly uh, it was uh, sparked by this TikTok yeah, thing. That we're getting cheesed. But it's been going on for, like I said, like... <clears throat> Most of the summer, I think. Most of the summer. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah. It's, it happens every now and then. Does it, it, it? I assume it's the kind of thing that will not translate into the winter. As, as temperatures drop, the cheese will be right. more inclined to fall off. <laughs> I, I think you're right. So we're running out of time to yeah. catch these people, Steve. It's like... Uh, <laughs> It's like Point Break. They're going right. to hit, and then they're going to move gonna leave. on. They're going to leave. They're going to Australia. Get a different territory. <laughs> they're going to go surfing in Australia. you got to get them before the, uh, the, the cheese change. bandits. Do you want to borrow my ghillie suit so you can hide out in your I uh, honestly <laughs> thought about it. I honestly thought about it. Wearing a ghillie suit yeah. and cozying up next to one of my shrubs in the front yard. Yeah. And then when they come by... <laughs> The notion of Rochelle, Rochelle, Rochelle sitting out behind the hedges uh-huh. with like a Navy SEAL headset on mm-hmm. and infrared goggles. We could do it. Yeah. It's like a stakeout. You just got to be patient. Yep. You know, it's going to eventually That's happen. It. So, all right, anyhow. Yep, exactly. I see him. Preston, I see him. All right. Target acquired. Target acquired. We are we are going to take a break. I want to remind you, we have a Tattoos Day taking place. Chance for going to $350 gift certificate for floating, world tattoo, and piercing. Text the word tattoo to 39333. We'll see if you win. We have a lot of guests on the show uh, this morning, including Joey Fatone and Mr. Skin and a bunch of others. I'll give you the details in a bit as well. When we return, the Bizarre File is on the way when we get back. 93.3 WMMR presents Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month, Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves. I'm feeling good, I'm feeling good. Celebrating our area's best talent, bringing it to you on air, online, and in the community. Here and see more at WMMR.com, keyword Local Shots. Nick Perry and the Underground Thieves. Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Kathy's birthday today, by the way. So we celebrate uh, Kathy's birthday, and I, I presented... I, I Listen, I made Casey a, a birthday video, and then I realized... Wow, there's some other birthdays coming up too, and if I don't make them for everybody else, and everybody's going to be mad at me, or you know, feel that boy, well, you made one for Casey, you didn't make one for me. So now I've made one for everybody except Steve, which it's so, a long ways off. I think you got me some good stuff. Um, you know, I was looking at something. I think you got me for my birthday present, by the way. I use that Thor's hammer tool set. Oh yeah, the Molinar tool yeah. set all the goddamn Excellent. time. It's Excellent. right there. But this the the video I made for Kathy for her birthday. 
This one nearly killed me. I was crying. Were Laugh, you? Laughing okay. so hard. It's amazing. This one I put a lot of work into. Well, yeah. thank you. A shot it was on location. On location. Multiple locations, times. Yeah. A few locations. And let me tell you, uh, and I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. God, watch it, please. But, but doing these live performances <laughs> in an active parking lot with people driving around and walking around. People looking at you. Yeah. I'm like I'm telling Carter. Carter, my son was was your cameraman. He was my cameraman, and I'm like, just ignore everybody. Yeah, just yeah. just keep it on me. Don't worry about it. They're gonna think we're idiots, but just keep doing it. It Thank could you. be worse. It could be you would have to set up a tripod or set up some sort of stand. Yeah, and be by yourself. At least someone holding a camera suggests this is a thing. Yep. There's so many like. Cameos, if that's what you want to call them, or whatever. But like, I just it just kept getting better and better as it went on. And the people I'm sending it to, I'm like, watch it until the end. Uh. <laughs> like, stay with it. But it was really guerrilla style. I'm like, we'd sit in the parking lot. I'm like, okay, there's nobody here right now. Let's go, 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 go. go. <laughs> so I'm singing in a hairbrush in a parking oh, lot. Oh man, the the. Uh... The salsa dancing and uh, the outfit <laughs> and the chest hair. Oh my god, it's excellent. That was fun. So at the end, what's that? And oh. the big surprise yep. at the end. Yep. Yep. Oh my god. So you can so good. you can watch us now. This is on uh, on PresidentSteve dot com. By the way, Mark Anthony, I re- I love the music. I yeah. love that salsa. Oh, that's music who that was. Now. Yeah, you did. Yeah. And you did a good job. It Thank was you. awesome. Thank you. How big is your uh, green screen? Uh, it's huge. It's like. Um, it's not quite the size of this wall behind here. It probably comes to about right the, the edge of the TV all the way to the to the so wall. So like there. It's eight big. feet? Um, big, it might be 10 feet. 10 feet. Oh, yeah, you still got the big one, yeah. yeah I, I, have a, I have a five-foot one that I got a while, a while ago that just like you know, pops up. Yeah. You have to leave this one set up, right? Is it, I, I break it down. Yeah. It's, 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 I left it up for a while, then I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be using this for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> and then when I do it behind the drum kit, I actually just I tack it onto the wall behind Okay, because um, that's, that's a huge screen. It's really big, yeah. yeah. I got to watch the whole thing. I haven't seen it all yet, but oh, uh, yeah, I, Kathy, I just, uh, Casey and I chipped in. We got you some decorations. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. We, uh, yeah. you know, dinner on block. Oh. I have a cake for her in the um, okay. in the fridge, yeah. by right. the way. Parts of it are a little harder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Deflated yeah. white yeah. balloons. That's so nice of you guys. Right. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, these balloons are for you. Leftover <laughs> there are, uh, decorations. I do have a present for you, though. Can I give it to her real quick? Yeah. You guys don't know what it is. But this is, uh, you know, this is on behalf of me and also uh, my friend Steve Wilson from Wilson's Secret Sauce. Uh, we got you a little gift. Okay. All right, he's got to head out of the studio. Pandemic. I got you one of these little masks. Oh, thank so you. you All right, let's oh. see what that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Wow. I want to see it here. Oh, <laughs> it's Wood. It's Barry Wood, the well-known meme of the very large African-American gentleman with a tree trunk oh for a penis. Oh. Put it on, Kathy, so we can get yeah. on video. And oh, show Marissa next to you. She's on your hold right. On, hold on, hold on. That is awesome. And then fold your... Uh, and uh, you, you, you s- get a little fold down there. Yeah, it's... Uh, right where his penis would be. Yep. <laughs> your nose is, is going to be where his oh. penis should be. Right, so, Oh, that's great, yeah. Kathy. That's excellent. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wear, wear that if you do any any school functions. Oh, God. Dear God. Oh, is that your husband? Are you going to do anything today or just... Nah. You know what? I'm still not feeling like 100%, so um, uh, probably not today. You got whomped. Uh, yeah, I yeah. got... <laughs> 
<laughs> I got hit pretty hard. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll hang out. Maybe we'll go to the pool or something like that. Okay, nice. All right, so you can see the video. It's up on PrestonStave.com. Or if you would like to subscribe to my YouTube channel where all my drum videos are, you just go to YouTube and type in Preston Elliott, and then you can subscribe. And I'm, I am I have a bunch of videos ready You sheepishly go. say it, and I'll tell you, there's some good stuff to watch Thank there. You, yeah, yeah. Thank you. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's me playing drums, having fun, and doing... <laughs> And occasionally salsa dancing. Oh, my so, gosh. It yeah. was great. It was excellent. <laughs> so, excellent. All right. Let's do the Bizarre File. Here we go. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. And it's brought to you by Vet Multi Serve. That's what it says here. So if you are a veteran or you know a veteran in need of supportive housing services, uh, you can call 888 Three eight five twelve fifty for twenty four hour help. Oh, that's great. Uh, we will start with this story out of Michigan. Uh, she was pronounced dead by paramedics, even though she was still alive. A twenty year old woman yes. was reportedly discovered still breathing at a funeral home. Paramedics declared the woman dead on Sunday morning after she was found in cardiac arrest inside her home. Uh, they arrived. They. Uh, uh, it was a call for an unresponsive female. When they got there, they found a 20-year-old who was not breathing. The paramedics performed CPR and other life-reviving methods for 30 minutes. Given medical readings and the condition of the patient, it was determined at that time that she did not have any signs of life. Was she a special needs? I, haven't, I, I have no okay. details about her, unfortunately. But uh, they said that uh, because the medical examiner office uh, was contacted because there was no indication of foul play as per se, as per standing operating procedures, and uh, the patient was again determined uh, to have expired, and the body was released directly to the family to make arrangements with a funeral home. Oh my God! Of their choosing, she was taken to James H. Cole Funeral Home, where an employee then reportedly found her still breathing. The funeral home had this to say. They said after receiving clearance from the examiner's office, uh, she was transported to our funeral home. Upon arrival, uh, the staff confirmed she was breathing and called EMS. There's no word on how the woman is doing. The rest of the statement said the personal information on the patient is not being released to respect the privacy of her family. So I wonder where they found she was just bre- where she was breathing. Was she just about to be embalmed when they found her? You know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, you know, and, and no Holy word on her, on her current condition. Because sometimes when this does happen. Yeah. They don't last that long. You no, know, sometimes yeah. they'll, they'll expire shortly after, so we'll wait and see and have a follow-up. A Florida woman was arrested yesterday for allegedly battering her father due to flatulence inside <laughs> of their residence. Nicole Dozios is 40 years old and shares a bedroom with a 59-year-old victim in their home in Largo, a city in the Tampa Bay area. Around 2 a.m. Sunday, Dozios became angry with her father due to his flatulence, and an argument ensued. She then attacked her father, punching him in the face. Upon responding to the residence, cops noted that the victim had a bloodied left eye and scratches all over his neck as a result of the attack. Dozios was arrested for domestic battery and booked into the county jail. She was later released on her own recognizance. Uh, Dozios, who has pleaded not guilty to the misdemeanor charge, has been ordered by a judge to have no contact with her father. Her rap sheet includes convictions for theft and violating probation. She was arrested in 2018 for allegedly punching her sister in the head inside the family's Largo home. I don't know if she farted in that occasion. <laughs> sound, uh, queefed. It sounds a little unhinged to me. Prosecutors subsequently declined to pursue a domestic battery case against her in that particular one, but this time they got her. 
The driver, this is a local story, the driver of an SUV collided with a truck carrying boxes of bees, bees. in Gloucester oh, County, man. New Jersey, Sunday morning. Happened around... Da, 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 da. Oh, bees! It happened around 1 a.m. <laughs> at the intersection of uh, Main Road and Harding Highway. The impact of the crash trapped the driver of the SUV inside the vehicle and sent more than 50 boxes of bees spilling onto the highway. Several of the boxes of bees broke open and began to swarm first responders. Uh, crews wore special suits with hoods to help protect themselves from the bees as they were trying they were trying to get the woman out of the car. Yeah. And they're being attacked by bees. <laughs> bees! Uh, yeah, firefighters also doused the bees with water in an effort to protect the medics and firefighters at the scene. Crews eventually freed the driver who was then taken to Cooper University Hospital. She was in critical condition. Uh, officials said that uh, bees had entered the ambulance and presented a challenge to medics attempting to treat the driver. Was she stung repeatedly? Did they mention if she was the, the victim? No, I, no, I don't know if it had anything to do with the bees or not. I think the accident had hurt her. A beekeeper was called to the scene and worked to contain the bees and get them back into the boxes. Uh, so far, there's no word on what might have caused the crash. A group of teens allegedly broke into a New Jersey petting zoo after hours, mistreating some animals, letting others loose, and even putting lipstick on a miniature pony. Okay, so uh, the thing is, when they do this, they say putting lipstick on a pig, right? Right, yes. They even screwed that up. Uh, Now, police are trying to crack down the trespassers. On Saturday at about 10 p.m., Jimmy Abma, one of the owners of Abma's Farms, uh, which is 30 miles east of uh, New York City, Raced to the property's barnyard petting zoo when he and his family heard a commotion outside. He began yelling at the group of at least six alleged trespassers he saw on the property. While he was trying to find out what was going on, someone sent him a Snapchat picture of a teenage girl with long platinum blonde hair and wearing a black crop top and ripped jeans riding a miniature donkey in the petting zoo. Mm. Uh, The family wrote on Facebook, the teens opened the gates, rode our miniature donkeys who should not be supporting that much weight. One person took a Snapchat of another person riding our mini donkey and applied the Abma's Farm geofilter. Uh, we caught two of the trespassers trying to steal. We called police and the two fled. The teens allegedly uh, tried to swipe tables and chairs from the property as well. So they break in, they're abusing the animals, and they put the, the filter on just yeah. to let people know where they are. Yeah, exactly. Oh, come on. And then they put lipstick on a uh, on a donkey. Pony. So they're trying to track them down to figure out who they were and why they did what they did. All right, and then finally, we'll end with a story. A mysterious safe that appeared on New York State uh, New York State Farmer's property with a note attached will remain a mystery for the time being, the farmer said. The large safe, estimated between uh, to be between 500 and 600 pounds, appeared in a field on Kirk Mathis's farm with a note attached that read, If you can open it, you can have what's inside. Mathis said deputies had to disperse a crowd of people who attempted to force it open. He said they took a sledgehammer to it, knocked off the dial and handle. They worked on the hinges, kind of beat it up. Mathis said he re- relocated the safe to a secret location. Of the time being, he isn't revealing where it's being housed. He said, my personal feeling is leave it as a mystery. He said the safe mystery has proven to be a welcome distraction from COVID-19 pandemic and the upcoming presidential election. He said, if you open it, the show is over. In these times, with the virus and politics... It might get people a chance to set their problems or troubles aside and have a lot of fun talking about it. I wonder what's in that stupid safe. Right, exactly. I think he's got some pretty high expectations about this safe. 
COVID-19, but that stupid safe. Uh, the safe eventually could become part of a planned local history museum in the, ta- in the uh, town. I see of a $50 million complex built around it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it could be holding millions of dollars. It could have confetti in there, said the planned. Welcome to stupid safe world. Working on the museum. They said, you have no idea, so just dream what's in the he, safe. It's like Willy Wonka. Yeah, and there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you this morning. We're going to take a break. When we get back, uh, we're going to reveal the results from our I Bleed for President's Deep Blood Drive, which took place on Friday. Yes. So thanks to everybody who was a part of that. Tattoos Day as well. Text word tattoo to 39333. Let's see if we can get you a free gift certificate. Actually, $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing on South Street. We'll be right back. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Steven Singer Jewelers Showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut is now open for appointments only. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com to book your appointment today. Nobody likes a delay of game. And while there's been some uncertainty about this football season, Acme is happy to announce it's game on. So no matter what your game day's like, They've got everything you need to cheer the Eagles on. From snacks and party trays to beverages and fan gear, make it a season to remember. Acme, official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, Thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the Delaware Valley. We had our I Bleed for Preston and Steve blood drive on Friday in a completely different format than we've ever done before. Uh, obviously, the pandemic has made things for everyone who's running some sort of charity event yeah. a struggle this year. And uh, everybody's coping with it the best that they can. And so we had split up our locations instead of doing it in one spot. Uh, we obviously were expecting uh, far fewer people to uh, participate. And I do have our, our total that we oh, got. You want one of uh, these? Yeah, sure. Let's do it this because... I'm very happy to announce that our 15th annual, I believe, for Presidency Blood Drive brought in 636 blood donations. Yeah, very respectable. It's, in, in fact, it's it's damn good. In fact, I uh, Eric Simon, our promotions director, wrote in the email. He said, "Hey, it is a huge number considering what it takes to execute a blood drive during a pandemic." So. It wasn't a little feat. It, it's, you know, we listen, we've done more than that in the past, but it's a completely different scenario. And the bottom line is, you saved a ton of lives. You sure did. By doing this, and more than 100 donors gave blood for the very first time. That's wow. sensational. So yep. we were all over the place. You and Nick were in Oaks. Uh, Casey, you went to... Me and Marissa were at the Fillmore. The Fillmore. Yeah. I was at the FOP Lodge 5. And... I'm sure you guys had the same experience. People were energetic and eager to do it. And talking to the nurses, you got to remember, all those school collections that they were able to do, they haven't been able to do this time around. Businesses shut down. They're not, they're not able to do those collections. So this was essential. So you guys knocked it out of the park. Yep. So we want to thank uh, the American Red Cross Penn Jersey Blood Services region, uh, Helen uh, Elena, Hammond, Annette, Janine, Felicia, and all of the staff and volunteer on site. Everybody at our three locations, as Steve had mentioned. Uh, BP Miller from Course Photographers taking all the great photos. And, of course, all of the donors who came out uh, to be a part of it. And by the way, the... Uh, the shirts were a big hit. They were. Don't they look great? And everybody loved the fact that they're Flyers colors yeah. uh, this time of year. So 
Hopefully you got a chance to be a part of the the blood drive and uh, you know we'll we'll set our sights on next year hopefully being in a completely different frame uh but we had such great people and uh it was awesome to uh to see you know people getting out and doing it despite uh, whatever issues they may have and it, it it was great as we said before if anybody knows how to handle stuff like this it's the red cross so everyone felt very confident thank you to Brent Porsche and uh Pierre Jack- Robert yeah. and Jackie Bam Bam for coming out and uh and uh saying hello to the uh uh, the donors as well, and, and thanks to all the volunteers. It was just a great day. It was awesome. Yeah. Now, that's not the only uh, MMR-related charity event that took place over the weekend. Uh, Casey did the Bend to Shore bike ride with uh, Team WMMR, and that was on, was that Saturday? Uh, that actually was on, it was on Sunday. Okay. Saturday probably would have been a better day to do it because it rained a little bit on Sunday. But, uh, yes, on on. Uh, Sunday morning, uh, me, Chuck D'Amico is here. He's an assistant program director of WMMR. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Saturday night, we what we ended up doing is we rode, uh, drove a car and dropped it off in Atlantic City so that on the bike ride on Sunday, we left from Cape May, from uh, Sunset Beach in Cape May, and rode our bikes up to Atlantic City. And um, the tour was uh, kind of canceled, postponed, and turned into a virtual tour. So normally the tour to shore is a 65-mile bike ride from Philly to Atlantic City. And so they just asked that uh, you do 65 miles between July 26th and and uh, August 23rd. 23rd right. So I ended up, uh, my grand total, I ended up logging 420 and a half miles. Uh, That's in awesome. That, in that time. That's so good. Uh, you could add another 41 to that because I thought it actually started on July 25th and it actually started on the 26th. So on the 25th, I did 41 miles. Um, but... Uh, uh, so I wanted to thank Chuck for for being a, an awesome wingman all summer long, getting uh, ready for this ride because we did this fifty five mile ride on mm-hmm. Sunday, and you know, listen, we had the wind at our back, yeah. So it was and a know, song in your heart and a yes. song in our heart, and but you know it wasn't like a heavy wind; it was like four miles per hour. But it's four, still a, wind regardless. at your back is better than wind at your face, and it, it doesn't matter. But we had like. 15 people come and join us, and we, we rode en masse and stopped along the way. You know, we stopped at little, uh, you know, like the lighthouse and the yeah, North Seawall. Some, some and, sort of photo photo op spots and, yeah. and things like that. But, By no, way, Casey's been working really, really hard this year on this. Oh, yeah. And he he's a uh, super strong bike rider. Dude, tell them about that app. Okay. Because oh, yeah. there is a there's a video of this which is fantastic. It's really cool. So if you check it out on my Instagram page, the app is called Relive. So anybody who does any sort of activities and, and you you um you track your activity, whether it be a Map My Ride or a Strava, this is called Relive. And what it does is it is it maps your activity, but if you take pictures along the way, it geotags the pictures and then it does it like a three D uh, recreation of whatever you did. So in, in our case, it was a 55-mile ride from Cape May to Atlantic City, and it and every single uh, picture that we loaded, I, I think you're allowed to load 10 pictures per activity or whatever. So every single picture that was taken, this 3D video would you know go along the route and then stop where the picture was taken, show you the picture, and then pick and, the route back up again. And it's, it's awesome. a satellite image. So yes. it's, yeah. it's not uh, you know drawn. It, it's not uh, graphics created. It's actual photos of the, of the region, and it tracks your – it follows along in a 3D uh-huh. sweeping yeah. camera. The camera movements are swinging around. It looks real dramatic. And then it'll stop at these points where you took the photos and show the photo. Yeah. And then move on to your next. It is one of the coolest things yeah. I've ever seen as far as apps go 
to log your yeah. your trip, whatever it may. You be. don't see stuff like this like on professional television shows. No, where, I mean that's as good as this this app is, and it really kind of puts you in. Uh, the journey, the journey, journey that you took, but it was amazing. It was, and so when my cousin was explaining it to me, I, I couldn't quite picture it. And then when he showed it to me, I was like, "Okay, this is really, really cool." So if you're having a un- uh, hard time understanding what we're talking about, yeah. check it out on yeah. on my my Instagram page. Uh, it's it's up there as like an IGTV video. But uh, yeah, and then afterwards, the the camera kind of pulls out and shows you the scope of of what we did. And so, yeah, so if you're going to do, like, decent amount of miles on a bike or whatever, you were asking press if you could do, like, a car road trip, possibly, you know, as long as, I guess, if you have a um, a cell signal that you don't lose any sort of GPS um, Yeah, I'm curious tracking. if it would work over a series of days if you were taking a driving trip and able to stop along the way and take photos and if it would track your, your, your route that way, if you're hitting a few states or something along right. those lines. I, 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 bet you, I bet you there's a component or something similar yeah. to it that would do that. If they have this, they can certainly do that. And following uh, a, a, a GPS signal from your phone in a car yeah. is not a problem. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool for me, Casey, because I'm a, a total geography nerd. So yes, like, you are. And, yeah. and, but following along on, on your trip was really neat. And then to sort of apply the overlay the map on top of it, uh, it gave me a geography boner. So yeah. I, I really enjoyed <laughs> nice. every second of it. Plus, so, it looks like we did uh, 55 miles in about a minute and a half. Right, yeah. yeah. You, guys, you guys are going very fast. Yeah. Uh, now, we, so, listen, we, no, we took our time, and I, I got to say, like, I felt really good at the end. I felt like I probably could have done at least another 20 more miles. You, yeah. Uh, but I, I want to give a shout-out, and I got an email from one of our riders, this guy named Justin, who's a police officer in Chester County. So yeah. Justin Fritz and his wife Jess rode with us on Sunday, and it was Jess's birthday. So uh-huh. they did this, I guess, for Jess's birthday. Now, they had never done that kind of mileage before, and they were right. also on, like, mountain bikes, right? So the rest of us were all on road bikes. So whenever we hit any sort of incline, so we had to go over some bridges and stuff like that, they were having a tough time. So if we did 55 miles, they basically did the equivalent of, like, 70 miles because they had these big, fat tires. But she she powered through it, and he so Justin wanted to give a big shout-out and a shout-out to his wife, Jess. And I have to agree, like, she just was a trooper and powered through it. So that is for Jess. And uh, and also wanted to give another shout out to my cousin Bob because Bob would um, end up going back and like catching up with them and would right. ride with them. And Bob's also like a history guy, so he was giving them the history of like every single beach. <laughs> so I uh, wanted to give a shout out to them. Also wanted to give a shout out to uh, Philadelphia SWAT team. They ended up doing the ride on um, on Sunday as well. They did Philadelphia to Atlantic City. I ended up meeting up with uh, Mark O'Connor from the Irish Pub and uh, people from the Philly SWAT team. I would have met uh, Joe Sullivan, uh, former yeah. Chief Inspector Joe Sullivan, but he fell and broke four ribs. Are you oh. serious? Yeah. In yeah. the ride? In the ride. Finished the ride, oh, Kathy. God. Finished the ride with four Aww. broken ribs and then ended up driving home and going to the hospital. Oh, my God. He texted me later that night. He's like, man, I'm sorry I missed you. I was like, uh, dude, you're a freaking warrior. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he ended up, he fell, went down really, really hard. I mean, listen, it was, he had four broken ribs, but he also, like, you know, smashed his arm and his head and his back and all that sort of stuff and still finished the ride. So, wow. a- any idea at this point um, how you did money-wise or how Well, they- so our team ended up, listen, our goal was to raise $40,000. Yeah. We raised $15,000. As you can see with the... Um, with the blood drive and you know any yeah. sort of charity thing yeah. going on, every everything is off. Like the 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 tour to shore. I'm sorry, the bend to the shore. Their their uh, goal was to raise over a million dollars. We're at three hundred, just under three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So uh, you know, 
um, fundraising is down all across the board. So we raised fifteen thousand dollars. But we, in the context, definitely, our team is definitely top five. Good, Steve Morrison. You donated five hundred dollars. Thank you so much to donating five hundred bucks to uh, to My Team pleasure. WMMR Rock and Rollers. That was really really generous of you. So thank you for that. Um, and then also, I wanted to uh, you know send out love and condolences and respect to uh, Terry O'Connor, whose husband Corporal O'Connor was killed in the line of duty. Like five months ago, if you recall, he was a SWAT member. They were, yeah, um, yeah. They were serving a warrant, and he was. They shot through the door, and he was he was killed in the line of duty. So I met her on Sunday, and so I uh, wanted to, you know, send all my love and and respect and condolences to her and and you know everybody in the O'Connor family. Now, also, there was a person you encountered on the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, listen, there there were a couple of cowbells along the way. People like cheering us and and yeah. and uh, Pat Gallen from CBS, uh he he ended up passing us in in uh Wildwood. He didn't realize it was us until afterwards, but we passed Kathy Romano along the road. No, we did not. <laughs> no, no, Kathy was sick at home, so but normally we would have passed her and Matt Corden in Sea Isle, but uh um there was a guy who wrote he, – he wasn't on our team. We stopped in at Wawa. Thank you, Wawa, for being our official rest stop. We stopped at Wawa in Sea Isle, and it rained there uh, for a little bit. And then when we left Sea Isle, apparently this guy rode with us from Sea Isle. He just kind of appeared out of nowhere? Just appeared out of nowhere. This dude, older dude, probably in his 60s, super fit, wearing a bright yellow shirt. He ends up uh, on my side in Ocean City. We had gone through Strathmere over yeah. the bridges, and, and now we're along West Avenue in Ocean City, and this dude just appears. And so I end up talking to him for, God, like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes or whatever as we're just cruising down, you know, West Avenue and then Bay Avenue. And this dude was just the best. Like, he gave me – he was full of so much wisdom and positive energy. And I'm talking – like, just – a wise, wise man, and I was listening to everything that he had to say about living life. And you know, you're not guaranteed tomorrow, but you still should be, you know, prepare as if you you are going right. to be awarded tomorrow, and uh, all this sort of stuff. And then, you know, and then like like that, he was like, "All right, have a great life." And then he <laughs> left. I must go now. And I've watched too many movies in my day. I turned to the guy next to me. I go, "Was that guy real?" Uh. <laughs> And then he turned, that guy said, I'm not even real. Uh, I was like, was that guy real? Because he no, was. No, he's real. I'm not. He was absolutely everything I needed in my life right now. Like, it was just. He just inspired you. Yes. Yeah, because, listen, I'm trying to. I'm trying to, like. You have every reason to fear your thermostat. <laughs> there are flying squirrels. I needed that validation. <laughs> if you feel you're going to be attacked, draw your arms up into your sleeve so he can't see your fists. Hidden, Hidden fists. Yes. Collect as many pine cones as you can. Wait a minute. <laughs> Learn to run away when you need to. So and jump a lot. Let me ask you how how did he start to offer this uh, this wisdom? Did did your conversation just lead him to that, or did he just say, "Let me tell you something"? No, it wasn't forced. It was supernatural. Uh, not supernatural. Right. Right. right yeah. It's it was like. A- <laughs> It was wonderfully natural. I am the god of good advice. <laughs> uh, no, it was um, it was not. I bring you wisdom. I just bit my tongue. I just bit my tongue. God damn it! Did you bit your tongue? So he was. I am the god of hellfire, and I bring you wisdom. Lots of good advice. Encouragement too. 
A valid life path A reason to live <laughs> Um <laughs> He's contrary to your usual God of Hellfire it was was just what I needed, though. Yeah. So, but that, to, to that point, how did the conversation strike? But you started to get into things that were a little bit more um, metaphysical and um, spiritual. It didn't and get, sexual. It did well. <laughs> it started off sexual yeah. because he noticed the bulge I had yeah. for him. Uh, no, he. It, it was. Um, Dear God, this kid's packing up <laughs> salami. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. So, uh, so how the, the the progression of the conversation was to me it felt very natural. Right. And he had said something that was like a little bit self-deprecating and I said no, you, you look like you're really you look fit, boy. <laughs> uh, I said no, you oh. look really fit. <laughs> oh, thank you. And he was like, "No, man. Yeah, I know. I appreciate that. Thank you so much." And he's like, "No, but you know, I like everything that you guys like, you know, and suds and donuts and blah 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 and you know, but he just went on to just sort of explain that you can have all of those great things, but you don't only have to have that. Like, you know, um, and just talking about just in, enjoy you can life. You also and, have whores. <laughs> just was, in, enjoy your life, but was, don't, like, overindulge. In, so that, yeah. that's why he's out on the bike ride? Yes. Yeah. Meaning that? Okay, so he's out getting some exercise. So he was he was attributing it to that. You, you know, can, he, you can still party yeah. and, and have a good time, but you need to, you got to be cognizant of, Counter it. of yeah. staying on the on the uh, the right path as he well. He said it sounds okay. like he was in sort of and you all were in sort of the, the endorphins are released when you're exercising and you get sure. sort of a natural high you you tend to be you tend to appreciate things more. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and so he was all retired and then just at a point in his life where he was enjoying life and listen, I'm I'm no spring. You got to try whippets. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't done whippet since July third, two thousand. <laughs> ah, I remember the day I had a terrible headache afterwards. But anyway, okay, yeah. Um, so you know, I just there are different stages in your life. Like, so my, my nephews just went off to college, and I just you know I, I gave them a little bit of advice as they were going off to college. Not old fuddy duddy stuff, but it was like you know the biggest piece of advice I, I say is just make sure you go to class, right? Go to class, and then also don't play know, with bear traps. Anybody that's going between the ages of sixteen to twenty-two, which is you know middle high school to you know through college, I always say you know these. You don't realize how important those six years are in, in the development of your life, but you can really go off track between sixteen and twenty-two. I get and, that. I and get, the further yeah. you go off track, the harder it is to get back on track. But here I am at forty-something, yeah, and. Um, if I, you know, if I'm awarded, if I'm allowed to live to, let's say, 80 years old, well, I don't want those to be crappy years, you know, I want them to be fun years where I can get out and, and enjoy life. And, and so what I was doing on Sunday was, is, is paramount and, and important to, to the enjoyment that, of life that, and the fulfillment, that, that potential. Yeah, I get you. That, that makes yeah. total sense. Well, in case he was first telling us about this, uh, you, <laughs> you were just, you were amazed at this person. He said all the right things at yeah. the right time. Yeah. And uh, you you just thought his his wisdom was was spot on, and you had posed the question to us. I believe what is the greatest piece of advice you've ever received from a stranger? From a stranger, mm. huh? This guy was part of my life for ten minutes, and I probably will think about him forever. Well, do you want to try to find out who he was? Yeah, why not? Did you we... get a first name? I no, did not even name? a first name. Did you, did you get a first name? Bike Chuck? Angel, I think. His Bike name Angel, was. I think his name was bright yellow my shirt. My name is Larry Lauer. Yeah. <laughs> Gary's brother. Can you imagine? You must have been. Here's what I know about let's him. See if we can narrow this down. He was in his sixties. He's from Lycoming yeah. County, Ocean okay. City. He's from Lycoming. No, because we were in Seattle. If, we if were you recall, Ocean City when we saw him. 
but he started with us in Sea Isle. Mm. How many I, times did you have a I vision? I didn't see him until Ocean City. Yeah, I know. So, uh, so I here's what I know. He's from Lycoming County. Uh, he spent years uh, working in Atlantic City. You know, uh, you know, dealer. Uh, as management and, and casino all that. dealer, not, Casi- not yeah, drug yeah. dealer. No, 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 no. Yeah. He's total drug dealer. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, I learned a lot. That's it. When you're negotiating, a chainsaw yeah. is very handy. Yeah. Did, was he familiar with WMMR? Didn't even. No, didn't even. Because he saw that. you guys were all wearing team jerseys, right? Yeah. So he didn't say the, the the radio station never came that, up in the conversation. That part never came. Did up. Did he know you guys were doing a charity ride? Chuck, did uh, he know we were doing a charity ride? That guy? Yeah. No, I don't think so. But he was oh. in. You got. We were in separate groups. You were in the middle group, and I was in the front group. And I didn't see him did until he, you guys rolled up behind us. I never knew he was there. Did he dispense any advice to you, Chuck? Like, no. eat more fruit. No, he just said, <laughs> uh, you know, keep, keep going. I'm going that keep way. Keep on trucking. Yeah. <laughs> I so hmm. the, the all right. Let's take your case. What was the most salient piece of advice he gave you that really, of all the things that he was clearly encouraging you and inspiring you, what was the one thing he said to you that really stuck? Basically, to treat your body right. Okay. You know, that It's as simple as that. Like, this is the vessel that's going to take me on through the rest of my life. And well, you're, you're in, you're, I'd say in a long time, you're in some of the best shape you've been, and you're, you're going in a, in a great direction. I mean, you're clocking major miles on your bike. Well, listen, I feel better now. Listen, I'm, I'm still extremely overweight. But you've got, um, but you're on the right path. But I feel better now. I, we had gotten done a ride uh, a few weeks back, and it was probably like a 40-mile ride or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we got back, uh, cleaned up, started walking to the beach, and I just had this feeling like, you know, had I done 40 miles, let's say back in May, I would have been feeling it. I would have been feeling it in my in my back, in my arms, my knees, and all that, and I didn't. Like, and I just, and it wasn't just muscular yeah. that I didn't, <laughs> that I felt good. It was like, it was it was all of it, right? It's a because, it's a spirit. Well, it's, you can say it's a spiritual thing. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, from from exercise, you get that sort that of endorphin, like, yeah, yes. that, that endorphin rush. Mm-hmm. But but it was just an overall like I, when I work out, I always an old Indian medicine man appears to me. Wow. I think it has everything to do with the fact that I've been a sits uh, wiper for leave the it past in the gym. <laughs> no, sit, you, I'm a sit wiper now, and I think and that has shows. everything to do. Adapting your method of cleaning your butthole has really proven fortuitous <laughs> to you. So, Preston, <laughs> what was the, the most salient advice you ever got? From a stranger. From a stranger. Hi. Who appeared to you, who you were not quite sure was real. Uh, I don't have any stories. I'm trying to, I'm sure it's happened at some point in my life, but I can't, nothing is coming to mind. I remember what it was for me, and it was also uh, an article, but it was, so it was somebody who gave me the advice, and, and she told me that she got it from uh, this article that she had read, and she had ended up sending it to me. So it's kind of like that. But she said, don't let somebody else determine your mood for the day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and I think about that sometimes. If somebody pisses me off, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. I shouldn't let that person. Yeah, they're controlling. That I, yeah. Yeah, my mm-hmm. uh, mood. And that's, no, you, you don't need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Can't. Um, how about you, Steve? Any stranger ever? Uh, yeah. A, a uh, wise sage? Not a stranger, but I have gotten good advice. Uh, of, of that, I've heard um, do, you know, as far as one piece of advice that's really served me well which do what you love for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah, see, and my never, dad shared that with right. me, but, but I don't, I'm trying as, to... As far as something... And then also to that point of that being happy, uh, look at it as a moral obligation. Those around you benefit from that as well. Yeah. It's contagious. Yeah. And, and, and to, it sort of breaks off from what Kathy was saying. Is yeah. That you, you know, that, that, that is something that you can control how you are, you, and you don't need to be affected by other people's moods. But I, ha- I didn't have this 
you know, touched by an angel stranger come in. I had a stranger reach out to me last night on uh, social media, and he let me know that he thought that I should not talk on the show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, That's and, nice. and it was, no, it was, I said, dude, I, I, I appreciate. Bill, that's what your, you hired me to do. I appreciate your feedback. <laughs> I thank you so much. And then he said, no, you just ruined the flow of the Wait. show. And I said, well, that is, I appreciate your feedback. And choosing to tell me this over social media on a picture that I posted of me and my wife is the perfect place for you to tell me these things. What was his name? Because I get an email almost every day from somebody saying the same thing. No, nah, his name's Dave, but whatever. He ended up taking his uh, his post. His you get Dave down. as well? Oh, yeah. same guy? It's Dave. He's okay. a social worker. I'm like, man. He's a social worker? Yeah. Oh, of course I do a deep dive into who this human being is. And he's got all these positive Dave, posts. <laughs> one of the funniest posts that you he had. You need to be a little bit more social. Uh, one of the funniest posts that this guy had was it said something along the lines of, like, don't let somebody else dictate your, uh, tell you what to do in life or something like that. I was like, uh, you're telling me what to do, bro. <laughs> Here's a text from somebody who says this is the best thing a stranger, uh, a stranger once gave them, the best advice they ever got. If it smells like provolone, leave it alone. If it smells like fish, take your dish. Ah. Well, there you go. So there you go. A wise piece of information. Don't eat that. Don't eat that. that. No. I wouldn't eat that. See that over there by the dumpster? Don't eat that. <laughs> I didn't. I don't feel so good. Uh, I wasn't planning on that. So you guys all have something from, and my, listen, my father was a great guy, but I don't have anything to go, well, my father always told me. Like, I don't have that in my life. Like, mm. I don't. Uh, there was never. Uh, well, you get those. Well, this reminds me of the of the book, the uh, uh, Tuesdays with Maury. You, right. know, yes. you, you, you were yeah. you you a number. I think did all you read it? I pressed it. I know you read no. It. I didn't. It's, it's it. just it's always referred to as a book that is this. You have someone who's sort of a, a spiritual someone who comes into your life who gives you all sorts of insight. Yep, and that's who Maury was to this author. Yeah, I need I need somebody like that right yeah. now. Actually, my you don't dad's do available. My dad's available. <laughs> yeah. He'll talk to you guys as long as you want to talk. You know, if you buy two ply, yeah. you can pull the two plies <laughs> apart Trust and have two rolls of toilet paper. Snicks, Dad, and I'd like to talk to you. It'll be fifty bucks an hour. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you buy two hours at a clip, it'll be forty. Yeah. You can save on parking. Yeah. Save on parking. I'm just yeah. going to need you to pick me up a Christmas tree this year. He'll suggest yeah. an app where you can get cheaper gas. And, mm-hmm. um, I can get you a Christmas tree for ten bucks. Yeah. It'll cost you five dollars worth of gas and bridge toll. Prices of the KOAs across the country. Tom McElwain's your man. Nah, it's got to come from somewhere unexpected. I think that like that's, space. I think that's what makes it special. You what, need to be happy. What Casey experiences has uh, made such an impact with him because this person who you have no expectations from and they don't know you at all, but offered up something that I think that maybe. Pretty much anyone can benefit from. Yeah. And it just, it kind of came in and out. And it was like, wow. That was really cool. This guy made an impact. Yeah, when he He, rode away, I was like, don't go. Don't stay with me. I have to. I need it back in heaven. (laughs) What's your name? You know me as Jesus. Uh Highway to heaven. Was it that? Yeah. uh, Michael, Michael Landon, Landon. You, know, yeah. you just kind of stroll in and out away. of people's yeah, lives. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Aren't you the guy from Little House on the... Shut up. <laughs> you were a bedwetter, were you not? Shut up. <laughs> Casey, there's a great video uh, talking about advice on PrestonAceive.com, and uh, it's uh, Eddie Vedder talking with Lily Cornell, uh, Chris Cornell's daughter, oh. and um, it, it's about a half hour long, but it talks about... Um, Eddie says that he's not great at giving advice, but he's good at 
listening to other people's good advice. So um, I think it's something that you can look into. If you, if you have, a, have a half hour, I recommend it. Do you know what's really amazing? In fact, this, I reposted it recently. It was, it was um, this guy had taken footage. He was teaching his son how to play basketball. I think that's what was happening. On, 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 I forget exactly what they were doing. But he, it is a classic case of what we all, I think, want is someone to give us that salient piece of advice that he said, I can't do it. I can't do it. Oh, he was yeah. boxing. That boxing, that was it, right, right, and 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 then he 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 says, you know, Einstein explains the philosophy, and he's just such a clearly a loving dad, imparting usable information, and then had footage of his son a little while later excelling at what he had told him to do because he stuck with it, and we some sometimes, like you say, not having someone or not having. I never. I always feel in my life, and I don't mean you know. Let me lay down on the couch, and you can charge me two hundred bucks for this. Like my my mother, I think. She she passed when I was twenty, and yeah. I would have loved to have had her in my life more, to to guide me a bit more on on those yeah. motherly things, you know. And I I just um, my, you know so what I would do is I would just hire these old women to sit in my house, no, no. <laughs> my poor children, uh, because they will ask me questions, and more often than not, yeah. rather than try to try, try to. I literally don't know, and I'll just say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not really sure. That's a that's a great yeah. question, and one that I've never found the answer to. So I'm sorry. Did you Go ask, ask the internet? someone else? Yeah. Did you ask Siri or Alexa? Else. I offer up nothing. It's I'm it's terrible. I feel horrible about that, but I, but at least I'm being honest with my children. Right. I don't know, man. But sometimes people and come you are in and out of your life quickly. I'm your son. Oh, make yeah. an impact like that. No, I know. I know. You well, and then you end up torturing yourself because you feel like I'm not rising uh, to the challenge. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, listen. We we need to take a break um, uh, because we have Joey Fatone at nine, and I, I, maybe listen, he can give us some advice. Here, no, okay, we got yeah, we got to take a break right now. I know we had somebody we wanted to go to, but we don't have time. We're going to come back in a second. We have a whole host of interviews coming up. Joey Fatone, Mr. Skin, Michael Barkan, George Weiner, who played Colonel Sanders in Spaceballs on the show, as well as tons of other characters. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Hey, gang, it's safe to say we've never seen anything quite like 2020. Challenging, uncertain, unprecedented. Go ahead, pick an adjective, any adjective. We'll wait. We've been through a lot, probably with more to come, but we've stuck together like Philly always does. It's pretty easy to feel helpless, but there are a few things we can do. Like social distancing, avoiding large crowds, and wearing a mask when you're out in public. It might seem like a pain, but it's nothing compared to what some people are dealing with. So let's do the things we can do while we have to, and we'll get this great city and great country back to normal. A message from your friends at 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Our next guest is on. He's always got a lot going on, a ton of stuff, uh, and he's really good at it. He's going to talk about uh, the game show. Yeah, it's on the Game Show Network. And it's called uh, Common Knowledge. Do we do his song? Yeah, we had a lengthy discussion about uh, boy bands uh, the other day. Yeah, this one, his his band in particular ranked very high. Absolutely. Please welcome Joey Fatone yeah. to the show this morning. Hey, Joey, how you doing, man? I'm fantastic. It's early, but I'm awake because I'm still on uh, Florida time, which is great. So I got you. I got you. <laughs> hey, listen, may I say how impressed that I have been with you and your uh, evolution in the world of entertainment, going from music to acting to hosting? And, dude, I think you're a great host on everything I've seen you uh, take on. Thank you. I'm, I appreciate that. So far, everybody's, you know, majority of people tell me that. So far, no one's told me I've sucked yet. <laughs> good. Well, that's a good barometer. You know you know what I think it comes from, uh, Joey, is the fact that um, 
you clearly love game shows. You clearly love games. And and that comes through. Oh, hell yeah. Of you, course. I was so mad that when um, when uh, Pressure Luck came back out again, I was like, I love that freaking show. They used to have Pressure Luck. Then it used to be called Whammy, which was okay. But Pressure Luck came back, and I was with Elizabeth Banks, and I was so excited because they, they, they do it just like the original. That's what made me excited. So for me, game shows, I love them. Yeah, I've always loved them as a kid. Uh, always wanted to do them just because, I, I don't know, I just thought it was always fun. But never really got a chance. And the greatest thing was is when I did Dance with the Stars, that gave me the person. They, they obviously showed my personality and gave me the chance to host some shows. So, was that the greatest at the beginning of it? Eh, really. <laughs> no, but, but you, were, you, were, you were immediately likable, you know? Yeah. yeah what you see is what you get. I don't sugarcoat anything. That's right, right. So you did Dancing with the Stars. You, you did, uh, I believe it was called The Singing Bee, both the American and the Australian version. You you did a did you Correct. do like a like a prices right at the uh, at, at the casino they there was a casino tour for the prices right yeah, were you one of those guys live, there was a live version that they did it was actually uh, who else me Jerry Springer uh, Todd Newton and I believe actually Drew Lachey from that Eat would do it sometimes we did a live version of Prices Right sometimes there would be a tour but I also did it in Vegas for a couple of months it was fun it's an interesting way because people think that they're on camera like on the actual <laughs> show and they're not <laughs> <laughs> second of all register. They go out into the casino again to get complete belligerently drunk, and then they come back in and try to be a contestant, which is hilarious. <laughs> and that's the fun part about that show. And I think what that really did for me is really kind of hone in on hosting chops because you don't want to embarrass the person. You don't want to, you know, be mean to the person. But you also have to have that sort of witty, sarcastic humor, but don't go over the line, you know, kind of thing. So yeah. a lot of times I do that, and, it's, you know, it breaks the ice with a lot of contestants. That's the other thing, you know. Talking to these contestants, you know, I go right up to them right as they come out because they only have a, what is it, like 22 minutes, maybe 30 minutes to be, you know, on that show, get the most points, and hopefully win $10,000. So they're really nervous. They're scared. They've never been on camera. So I try to facilitate that to make them relax, to make them feel comfortable, you know, break the ice. Because sometimes I'll go over to them and I'll say, hey, how's everything going? They're like, great. All right, cool. I say, kick ass, take names. And they all kind of look at me like, did he just say that? I go, yeah, beat the other team. I go over to the other team. I go, how's everything going? I said, the other team said that they're going to win, so you need to beat them too. So I go back and forth. So it's a friendly It's fun. Yeah. Competition. You, you need that. Yeah, there's a, there, there's a subtle art to having fun with uh, with people and, and not, you know, where you can poke some fun and they're in on it too and having a good time. So once you find that zone, you know, you can you can, you can can have fun with it, you know? Exactly. Well, think about it with common knowledge. You know, it's supposed to be, you know, everyday things that people should know and certain questions and answers. And sometimes they're not even tricky questions, but they get so nervous and you're like, oh, okay, you didn't know that, you know, A, B, and C, and D, you know, whatever it may be. And it, it, it makes them look a little silly, but then you got to, of course, that being a host, you got to kind of help them out or, or get them out of them getting upset for losing or, or missing that, that question. You know what I mean? So like, ooh, I'm sorry, that sucks. But you know what? Let's figure it out. You know, it's, it, it's, it's a weird thing. Like you said, people don't really realize how hard hosting a game show really is because I have somebody in my ear yelling at me. I have monitors everywhere that I'm reading questions, but also teleprompters and also scores and trying to get these people's last names, which are sometimes not easy to do. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff that goes on. And you do, we, did, we were doing six shows a day. We did a four and a half weeks. We shot 130 episodes in about four and a half weeks. Uh, this past year, uh, one hundred and thirty episodes. When you stop and think about that, like sh other regular shows will have maybe like a twenty-two, twenty-three episode season. One hundred and thirty uh, episodes. It's brutal. It's it's a, it's an ongoing thing. It's 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 fun again, but that's one of those things where you know you see all these shows where you see you know Al Shabak, you see Wayne Brady doing you know 
four or five shows, a, you know, a day and a week and stuff. It, it it does it does wear and tear on you. I will say that people are like, oh, it's easy. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> there's a there's a channel on uh, one of the, uh, the of the 15 million channels, and there's a whole bunch of game show channels, but there's one that's exclusively like old password. Uh, the, the game show network obviously does the best, but there's it, this is just old stuff from like the 70s and and even going back earlier. And you can see, I mean, there's some guys who host who had it and some who didn't. By your reckoning, who's the best game show host of all time? Oh, gosh. Uh, Bob was definitely one of them. Bob Barker. Wink Martindale was another one. Um, I mean, you go back, you know. I, I think I think the old ones were, and even Pat Sajak, you know, it's really interesting to know where he came from. He was a weather guy. Right. He was a news weather guy, but he was always cracking jokes and doing funny things. And then that's how he became kind of a hosting Wheel of Fortune. I mean, like, think about that. That's the gig I want. Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> you just sit there, they spin things. You say, all right, give me an E. Oh, nope, sorry. No yep. E. No <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, Joey, for those who haven't seen okay, Common Knowledge, what, what, what's the format? How, do, how does it roll out and how do you play? Basically, it's two teams of three. Uh, we do three rounds. Uh, two first rounds are multiple choice. The third round is a write-in answer. So the group, the three of them, have to get together. There's sometimes if it's because it's all individual. So say, for instance, they get a multiple-choice uh, uh, question, and all three of them have to answer. And if they get all the same answer correct, they actually get bonus points. So you can get bonus points uh, if all three of you uh, have it in common. So that is the cool thing about that. So you never know where it's going to go, because towards the end, you know, at the third round, with the writing round, somebody can mess up on one of the teams and even be in the lead, and someone else can steal those points and then make their points and then win the game. And then it goes to the, the final bonus round for where the people get a chance to win $10,000. They have to believe uh, seven questions if they get it right uh, in the amount of time all, all questions uh, as far as the, the team it's actually not even time it's if they get it wrong so three people can get up there if maybe one person might get up there and answer all all, all questions if they do they win ten thousand dollars if all three of them of course get uh each one wrong answer then the game's over and they go home and we say that sucks yeah <laughs> <laughs> that sucks get out of it now you can also play common knowledge on uh amazon alexa and you are hosting that as well right yes, again Yes, you say, hey, uh, Alexa, play. I want to say it out loud. Probably <laughs> someone will go on and hear my house. Mm-hmm. But I say, hey, Alexa, you know, let's play Common Knowledge. And I come out and host it, basically talk about it. And every day they have a few questions for the day and, and keep coming back every day for different questions and get more points and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. Nice. How is it when the tur- the, the tables are turned on you? Somebody starts throwing you uh, Common Knowledge trivia questions. Oh, absolutely horrible. Uh, no, some of the answers I, I, I kind of... The, the, the beauty part about it is I truly not, I truly not, I don't want to know the questions. I really don't want the answers. I don't want to know them because, of course, you know, you don't want to tell tell something or anybody or, you know, you, I really do play along with that, which is fun. The hardest part is, yeah, being on a show like that and, again, being a host, you know, you try to calm these people down, but it is nerve-wracking. I did, I did one time where I hosted a singing beat, and then on the Country Music Network, they came back on with that show, but um, uh, what is it, Melissa Peterson uh, did it. And she was the host, but then they had an all-boy band. So it was like me, Nate from Boys to Men, I believe. It was a couple of the guys from different boy bands. And I was horrible at it. You're supposed to know the lyrics to songs. Horrible. Huh. Absolutely horrible. Oh, that's... So, I mean, I'm very competitive. Yeah. I did 25 words or less, and uh, we did pretty good. But, it, it, you know, I beat Lance, of course. Lance is always... I, did, I even did a $100,000 pyramid with Lance, and I beat his ass, too. Uh, nice. yeah, you see, that? that's it. People don't realize once once the pressure's on. Now, like I, my, my, my knowledge of Insignifica is, is pretty big. But once the pressure's on, I fold. Yeah. And that's what makes it hard. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joey, does NSYNC still uh, reunite from time to time? 
Ooh, those guys, oh, I hate them. Oh. <laughs> those freaking guys. Uh, basically, no, we we still talk. We still have conversations. Uh, we're in a group tech. We actually do stuff like for merchandise stuff that we still have out right now. Yeah. Um, and we have to, of course, agree and approve on all the stuff that goes, you know, out there. But uh, we've actually just did a, about a year or so ago, we did the uh, Coachella with Ariana Grande. And that kind of opened up people's eyes for possibly even having the four of us come out. We don't know if that's ever going to happen. We don't know if the five of us are going to come out. We've never really had the discussion yet to really see if we want to do something or not. So I know it's never say never. Uh, but at the moment, we haven't really had any talks about it. But, you know, again, who the heck knows? Especially yeah. with the whole pandemic and everything going on. Now, yeah, who that, the heck knows? I well, maybe time, time will it'll come along. Yeah. And maybe there's an opening for you and Steel Panther. You've worked with them before, correct? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those are great guys. Steel <laughs> Panther. Oh. Hmm. Those knuckleheads, yeah. I love them. They do. They've been doing a lot of live concerts lately on on uh, like streaming and stuff. Cause yeah, obviously yeah. They're touring, so they've they've been cranking it out there. Oh God, I love them. Community well, listen, my favorite song. We'll be we'll be yeah. checking common knowledge. Five thirty is when you can catch it on uh, Game Show Network. So uh, so keep it up and good luck with everything, Joey. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. I appreciate. it. Thank you guys so much. You got it. Common knowledge. He is, he's a good host. He's, he's, he's likable. Yeah. Because I tell you what, if you, I, I don't know what what the name of the um, is a buzzer or something. It's it's just basically again as I was just saying to Joey, it's a bunch of old game shows, and man, there were some horrible game show hosts. Oh really? Oh my god, I forget which one. My wife and I were watching, and the guy was just miserable, Ugh. and. Um, he thought he was funny. Uh-oh. And he was just... Even the, the contestants are like, well, you know, shut up. That's the worst this time. Is, I want to win money. Well, our next guest doesn't think he's funny. He thinks he's naked. Yeah, All he's right. Time. Yeah, he's... Uh, well, I don't, know. I don't know. He's naked right now. We never have asked him if he's been naked when we've actually spoke to him. Uh, but he's got a movie. It's called Skin, the History of Nudity, which is available from Amazon, iTunes, Voodoo, Fandango, all these streaming platforms. Please welcome... Mr. Skin. Hey. hey, Preston, Steve, how you guys doing? We're awesome, Mr. Skin. How are you? Oh, doing great, doing great. I, I never dreamed uh, when I started MrSkin.com 21 years ago I'd be talking about a real movie documentary <laughs> that I am the executive producer of. Uh, never dreamed of it, uh, but here we are. And you know what, Mr. Skin? So I was watching the trailer, and I'm, I'm definitely going to watch this because this is a really, and I was reading reviews of it, they're all describing it as a as a very thoughtful, comprehensive look at nudity in uh, the film industry, and there are yeah. whole, I think there's going to be a lot of revelations. Now, you know, we we love our movies here, and we love our nudity as well. So, a lot of people didn't know that that for the longest time, in the like, for example, in the earliest days of film, actresses like Joan Crawford and they started in basically nudies, you know, and yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That's one of the the big uh, surprises that people find out from this documentary. And I should say that we start with Thomas Edison and the invention of the motion picture camera all the way up to the Me Too movement. And what people don't realize, in 1934, the Hayes Code came out. That was like where they basically shut down nudity in American cinema from like 1934 all the way to 1963 when Jane Mansfield did Promises, Promises. But what people don't realize, what was going on in movies in like the 1915 for instance audrey munson this beautiful model actress was completely nude in in the movie purity and uh the very first movie that won an oscar was 1927's wings and clara bow who was the biggest star in the world was topless in it and hedy lamar in ecstasy is a memorable incredible nude scene from 1932 and that's one of the big revelations from this documentary is what the heck was going on 
uh, people don't realize there was nudity until the, the Catholic League of Decency came yeah. in and said, no more, that's it. There was a lot of it. There was a, there was a famous edited scene out of the original King Kong in which Fay Ray's yeah. clothes were being peeled off. If you yeah. remember the Johnny Weissmiller uh, Tarzans, yeah. Uh, yeah. you would see Jane basically naked as yeah. they as they swam. And so we always tend to think, okay, everything was very, very provincial and very conservative. But it, it started off all guns blazing. Then you talked about the Hayes Commission. And then we saw a resurgence uh, uh, um, of this, I guess, probably in the 60s, correct? Yeah. So the 60s, you know, everything changed in the 1960s. Our, our, our morals, uh, uh, you know, Woodstock, all that stuff. So um, the the Hayes Code kind of went away, and, and directors and, and Hitchcock really started it. We talk about it in the movie with Psycho. Um, that was like kind of a screw you to the Hayes Code, and then um, it just continued from there. But one of the landmark movies was Jane Mansfield and Promises, Promises, because it was the first time an American actress uh, in a mainstream Hollywood film was nude, and it was just kind of kicked everything off. Uh, after that, and uh, yeah, it's cool. And, and listen, um, you know, when you're this thing chronicles like Thomas Edison to the Me Too movement, and there's so many uh, nude scenes that we had to get in two hours, and we were able to do over a hundred, which is pretty incredible. Yet it's still, you know, informative and educational, and, and definitely entertaining. And uh, a lot of it has to do with you know the great director we hired, Danny Wolf, and. Uh, uh, my my writing team, uh, some of which used to work at Mr. Skin, which I knew they'd be really good, and I just was able to put a really good team together to make this movie. No, I I, I love the concept. I love anything that examines you know the the, the history of film, and, and in this way, uh, one of the reviews that I was reading said, um, if you want a lesson in copyright law, this is probably a good film to watch too, because you employ what is called the fair use exemption to have your clips on your site and in the movie. Explain what that is. Well, if you're reviewing uh, a movie, like think of Siskel and Ebert back in the day, and they're reviewing a movie, and they show a minute of the film to, to review it, they're allowed to do that. They don't have to get the rights to do it. And it's the same thing with this documentary. We had you know, experts, critics, scholars, film industry veterans, of course, actors and actresses talking about their uh, nude scenes and, and um, giving commentary and and criticism and all that, and you're allowed to use a tiny, tiny uh, part of a movie to show it. And yeah, that's it. I and of course, Mr. Skin for 21 years has run on that on that uh, yeah. basis also. So thank God for it. Now you have people who are you have uh, stars and people commenting who have actually yeah. give yeah, give yeah. us a list. You have some luminaries. Oh my God, I was it was so cool that like we got Mario Hemingway, for instance. Uh, to be a talking head. Shannon Elizabeth, who you guys know, the girl that did the American Pie nude scene. Pam Greer, who you're very aware of. It's just Legendary. To, to name a few. And then we got like, and by the way, this is the history of all nudity, male and female. Yeah. Now, obviously, there was so much more female nudity in history. But we got Peter Bogdanovich. Um, Eric Roberts was awesome. Malcolm McDowell, I thought, stole the, stole the show. Because, I mean, he was in Clockwork Orange. He was in Caligula. And he's so interesting and engaging. And uh, it's fun. Even like uh, Amy Heckerling, who directed Fast Times at Richmond High, it was so cool hearing her stories about uh, Phoebe Cates' scene and, and how that happened, which I consider the uh, my favorite nude scene of all time. And uh, and one other thing I should mention to you guys is, like, one of my big concerns in making this, I, I knew it had never been done before. I, I wanted to be the first one to do a documentary. Uh, and when we decided to do it two years ago and started working on it, I was so worried that 
it would seem kind of tone deaf in the right. Me Too era. Like people would be like, oh, this is so exploitive. And, you know, even with the best intentions, which we truly had, and we were well aware of Me Too, it could easily fall into exploitation. But in what blew me away in these reviews uh, we're getting from, like, Variety and Hollywood Reporter and, gosh, Yahoo and all these people, they were like, you know, it's amazing they were able to do this and it not be exploitive. But I think one of the reasons is we gave voice to a, a ton of women, whether they were, you know, scholar, film industry, you know, critic, actress, and let them talk about the nudity, because that was a big concern of mine. Is like we do all this work, and people are like, "Oh, it's just a boob fest." But it, it right, really, it is, but it isn't. You know, and that was a difficult line, you know, to, to walk. Yeah, I was reading on the, the the Roger Ebert site. You know, obviously, oh, that guy was a little yeah, yeah, but interesting. yeah, but I mean, but it's, it's complimentary in some ways. And but I mean, you to to add credence to what you're saying. Uh, Tracy Lords is featured in this. Now she has she obviously came from adult films and then transitioned into. Uh, other other films as well. How, how is she to work with? What's what's her insight? Oh, she was just she was wonderful. She um, you know, what a what a career she's had, and we um, uh, had her in. Actually, we were talking to her about Zach and Mary make a porno, the Kevin Smith movie, because we were interviewing him. Because uh, she was one of those very few adult film stars who made the transition into uh, mainstream cinema, and she, and she had some really interesting things to say about the making of Zack and Mary make a porno and Kevin Smith Smith was awesome but she was she was really cool. Do you think do you think that she and this has sort of been uh, uh, sort of a a point of contention. Do you think that she masterminded her own her own career or I, or, I don't what? I I don't I mean gosh she was uh, She was young. I, she was so young. I yeah. don't know how she would and it was just a different time and they didn't have Ways. I mean, you couldn't get away with that today with the internet and everything else. Right. So I, I just think she was in a time where you could you could do that. You know. It's a, it's a, it's a fascinating. I think I definitely want to watch this. I love this sort of stuff. Hey. Yeah. No. I think you guys would love it. Yeah. Mr. Skim, with with taking the 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 look through the history of all this, where where do you think we stand with uh, nudity and films today? Well, uh, one of the things we talk about in the documentary is they now have, because of the Me Too movement, they have these things on the sets of movies and uh, uh, television shows called an intimacy coordinator. Mm -hmm. and, and what that is is when a director makes a movie or is going to make a movie, they agree for the sex scene or the nude scene what the actress is going to do. But many times in history that changes. And now they have these intimacy coordinators who are there to make sure the director and the actress is agreed upon a uh, nude scene or sex scene happens the way they agreed upon it, but also to be there as someone for counsel or to come up with anything that happens during it. And it's such stark contrast to like when we talk to Linda Blair from Chained Heat or you talk to uh, Diane Franklin from Last American Virgin and what actresses in the 70s and 80s and 90s had to deal with. And the big takeaway is that Though there's much more nudity today because of television, actresses are much more empowered. They're much more um, in control of the nude scene, which in the end is really a great thing. Because why you, you hear some of these stories from actresses that like were forced into doing more nudity than they agreed upon, and they didn't have anyone there to uh, to talk to, or you know, it was just a different time. And uh, that's one of the the great things about nudity in movies today versus, you know, the 70s, 80s, or 90s. And speaking of today, and, I, you know, I know you cover some of CGI nudity, and I remember yeah. when uh, Game of Thrones was out and, and I found out that yeah. Lena Headley, uh, they had yeah. superimposed her head on an actress's body and she walked mm -hmm. through the town naked and all that. 
And I was like, I was a little confused by that because I'm like, look, it doesn't matter. I'm perceiving you as naked, you know, whether right. or not you actually are or not. I don't see how that would make a difference. But then I'd realize, and maybe it was you, Mr. Skin, who had pointed out, well, maybe her body didn't look quite the way she wanted it to look and yeah. wanted it to look way better and so therefore uh, fall in line with that uh, technology. Yeah, well, Lena Hetty who was in her 40s, uh, had a 24-year-old model named Rebecca Van Cleef do the full frontal walk down the thing. I think most actresses would make that trade. That's a, that's a pretty good trade. Well, it does. It, I mean, you know, the, the emergence of the body double, which was on our way to, to Me yeah. Too sensibility, yeah. where someone said where there were people who specialized in being that person. And now, in the time of COVID, we're hearing about people doing romantic scenes with um, real dolls from behind. <laughs> And and sort yeah, of soap operas, soap operas and things. It, yeah. it, it's it's yeah. kind of wild. Yeah, I think uh, you know it's funny. Even before COVID, I thought body doubles were were going uh, going out, and CGI was was coming in. I think the future is more CGI than uh, body doubles. I think you're it, right. It gets easier and easier to 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 trick people through CGI, as as evidenced yeah. by that Game of Thrones so, scene. So, how do we find your film? Oh, it's real easy. Uh, it's Skin, A History of Nudity in the Movies. You could go to Apple TV, Amazon, iTunes, Fandango, or even like if you have DirecTV at home, just search it and it comes right up. I did. I showed off to my wife last night how we could watch it on DirecTV, so she thought that was really cool. <laughs> Look, you're legit. It's, you're, yeah. you're like Michael Corleone. You brought the family business, and it's legit. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? I, believe me, I had no clue that either Mr. Skin would be successful or people would like this movie as much as they do. So you know how... Like, you now have kinship with Ken uh, Ken Burns, so uh, take that in for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Nice. No, I'm, I'm a big Ken Burns fan, but I am not in that league. So. <laughs> well, I I want to see this. This this is yeah. interesting material. I think. All right, Mister Skin. I'm sure we'll talk to you very very soon. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, man. You bet. All right, Mister yeah. Skin. Uh, yeah, I would like to see that. I mean, there's uh, two. They, they were back to back documentaries, no pun intended, and it was they were both called After Porn. And it took, um, and it got great critical write-ups, and it mm-hmm. just examined lifestyles of, of suppressing some of these iconic porn stars of the earliest days, what he's talking about, of the 70s, and where their lives were now. And it it was riveting yeah, how yeah. some were able to process it and move on, and others were just devastated by it. Right. All right. Uh, speaking of porn stars, our next guest is on the line and ready to go. And uh, he has nothing to do with porn stars whatsoever. No, he just, he, he, he finances the film. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Quietly. Yeah, quietly. He, he would never participate. Uh, no, we were, we were bummed out to hear over the weekend that uh, a guy who we became friendly with over the years, uh, Brett Brown, was uh, let go by the Sixers. Yeah. One of the, one of the friendliest guys you'd ever meet. Uh, and, of course, uh, there's a few other things going on with the Flyers being in the playoffs and so on. So please welcome our good friend, Mr. Michael Mark yeah. here NBC Sports. Good, good morning, sir. Good morning, friends. How are you? Wonderful. How's the porn empire going? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> You don't want to yes. miss out on that morning wood, as they say. It's a technical term. It's a long and Bingo. hard day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I really, you know, after a synagogue is when I really get into uh, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> doing a oh, lot my of God. <laughs> oh, my this word. Oh, my word. Can I hang up and call again? Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. Well, uh, listen, I'll, I'll change gears here real quick, Michael, uh, because... 
for the past few days, uh, especially after um, Jason Tatum's 34-point performance against the 76ers in game one of the uh, the sweeping series, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I'm so angry at the entire organization over what they, you know, what their potential was over three years ago and where we are right now as an organization. I mean, we had... Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, we had the number three pick, and we had a ton of assets in other drafts along the way that really could have set the table for us to have a young, dominant team for a long, long time. And here we are, and we don't have anything to show for it. I was all for the process. I really, you know, and and, there are people that are for it or against it, and I was all for it because we had this opportunity, but it was mishandled. I would say starting a little over three years ago. Would you agree? I would agree. And remember, Case, you know, I always say there are three there are three important things about about running a franchise. You got to assess talent, you got to coach talent, and you got to be talent. And to me, of those three things, I would argue that the most important part is assessing the talent, is knowing who you've got, knowing exactly. Um, who's walking into your gym and whether or not they can give you a, a, a great career and where to draft them. And and if you can't do that well, um, then I, I think ultimately your franchise is going to run off the rails. I was not a process guy only because I'm not saying it didn't work because, my goodness, you got Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons out of it. I guess maybe that's the bottom line. And, and Joel Embiid is, is 25 years old. He's still got plenty of time, barring injury, to be healthy. Ben Simmons is, what, 24, 25 or so. And and, um, and so, you know, as long as they, they stay healthy, and that's a question mark, certainly. It has been with Embiid. It has been with Simmons. Once again, it is with Simmons as, as he goes through offseason surgery. But when you look at the at the drafts, um, it's in 2015, Jaleel Okafor with Kristaps Porzingis or Devin Booker still on the board. Mm. 2014, they took Embiid. Remember, they took Embiid with the third pick because the, the first two teams didn't want him because he was injured. If he was not injured, he would not have been on the board as the number three pick for the Philadelphia 76ers. So so they took a gamble there. It paid off. He's, he's one of the great players in the NBA. And, and, um, and you know, he's. Uh, I, I hope he's going to be a, a stud for, for years to come. Um, but when you look at decimating a franchise for three or four seasons, just systematically uh, shipping off, any assets and getting them out so you can win less and less games. Remember, they won 19 games. They won 18 games. They won 10 games. And, and to, to get all those picks that they accrued. So, and if you don't assess the talent properly, 2017, Brian Colangelo, then the general manager of the team, trades with the dreaded, the hated Boston Celtics, trades. The Sixers had the number three pick. They trade the number one. And they take Markel Fultz, and the Celtics take Jason Tatum. Who would you rather have, Jason Tatum or Markel Fultz? I know who I'd rather have, and Markel <laughs> Fultz isn't even a Sixer anymore. <laughs> so, so, so uh, and then you, you've got Bam uh, Adebayo and Donovan Mitchell in that draft, and those three, Tatum, Adebayo, 
and Mitchell have all been all stars in the 2017 draft. Let me so. ask you. Let me ask you a question, Michael, because as, as I, I am, I'm you know I, I'm more peripheral when it comes to this than than Casey and, and Nick. But as a observer, interested and fascinated with with the you know with the teams and and obviously wanting them to to do well, it's such a frustrating thing to see talented players come in and then be constantly injured over and over and over. So the dr- the dream or the perception that, oh, this is going to be great, just keeps getting kneecapped, no pun intended. Is it, is it, the, uh, is it also, the, the, you know, when you're selecting talent, do you immediately go for the person who's, you know, looks like, okay, this is everything. Does it help to take someone less on obvious talent and more on durability with talent? Um, I think the durability is important. And when, you, when you're looking at centers, certainly, how many centers have you seen that, that just have not had the career that, that players at other positions have had? It is a brutal position, slogging up and down that court and, and just getting beat down night after night, and even though you've got size. So do the other players that are opposing you. And so it, that that's a tough one. I mean, you you can you can get a guy like Jeff Ruland, who was unbelievable. The Sixers made a trade for way back when, and he never played a game for him. You know, they they traded for him. They traded away their uh, a lot of their their future fortunes for him, um, and and it never materialized because he had bad knees and and um, he he never played for for the Sixers. And that was a trade. Um, so so it's. Uh, that, that's a tough one to me. You got to go with the with the talent, and um, even with Markel Fultz, the, the, the guy I've been talking about at the University of Washington, I'm sure a lot of teams and a lot of critics would have said he was a slam dunk, no brainer. You pick him, and he'll lead your franchise at the point for you know the next <clears throat> ten years at least. And it just didn't happen like that. So can, can you blame Brian Colangelo at the time was the GM? Yeah, because that's what he's paid for. I mean, you know, somehow you have to know that this guy is is uh, mentally not not ready, at least at that time. Nor, in my opinion, is he still um, ready to play in the NBA. And you look at the other three guys who were on the board you, you could have gotten. And man, you had Donovan. You had Donovan Mitchell. Well, my goodness, what, what your franchise would look like. So, so uh, 2020 hindsight and everything, uh, you know, and, and there's only so much you can do, right? So the next question is, where do we go next? And and Tyrone Lue's name has been floated out there and Jay Wright's name has been floated out there. And if I'm Jay Wright, uh, there are only two reasons why I would take the job. One is they back an armor truck to my my, my car and they, they dump as much money as I could possibly ever dream of. And then I take it for that reason. And then two... A, a new challenge, a new path in your career, um, and and taking your talents to the NBA as opposed to the NCAA. If you're the Sixers, um, Michael, who do you hire and why? And if you're Jay Wright, would you consider taking the job? Well, um, I would consider taking the job if I'm Jay Wright. Jay Wright has said before that the NBA, quote, intrigues him, um, not necessarily the Philadelphia 76ers. To coach in your hometown, and this is his hometown, is a completely different deal. And he has coached in his hometown, I guess, because Villanova is also an area team. It's a big five team, and he's won two championships here, been to a third. And and um, I think if anybody who could do that and do that successfully, it is Jay Wright. Jay, Jay is just uh, you know, I think you all know what kind of an amazing person he's uh, at the camp out for yeah. longer. I know you see him every year. He's just an incredible human being, and he's the real deal. And he has a way of communicating not just with athletes but with people. Um, 
the, the question is, you know, it's Jay Wright and the Villanova Wildcats right now. It's not that way when you're in the NBA. You know, it's Mike Krzyzewski and Duke. Um, it's not that way in the NBA. I mean, certainly, if the Sixers got Jay Wright, everybody would be going nuts. But when you when you have to coach <clears throat> the the big money athletes who who um, you know they're there, they're getting paid more than you as much as Jay would be getting paid. Um, I, I would venture to say that that Joel Embiid and and uh, and Ben Simmons, my goodness, Simmons is averaging uh, when his new extension starts, it's going to be almost thirty four million dollars per year, uh, and, and Embiid is. Is, is the same. So, so you know, you got guys who make that kind of money. It's like, hey, you ain't telling me what to do, man. <laughs> yeah. well, I and got how, years and I got money. Yes. And, Michael, how, how long is that going to last? Like, look at, you know what I mean? Brett Brown's gone mm-hmm. after, what was it, seven seasons? You know? Yes, that, so, so yeah, hometown guy coaching the Sixers isn't going to last forever. Right. Uh, well, it lasts as long as you win. I mean, that's, that's yeah. the only thing. You, you, you look at uh, Greg Popovich in San Antonio, who certainly uh, has struggled over the last couple of seasons, but coached all those teams to championships. He had the players, and you have Tim Duncan um, and, and Tony Parker and all, all those guys that, that he had. Well, you, can, you tend to be able to coach, if you're a good coach, teams to championships. You look at Steve Kerr at Golden State. You, I mean, he's not going anywhere, even, even though they had, had a horrible season because they had guys injured. So it, it really is about the wins and losses. It really is about the excitement that the team provides and that fans think the team has a shot to win and um when sam hinky came here in 2013 and he just you know systematically guys got traded away he traded guys to to, he drafted guys to only to trade them away and they had michael carter williams he's the he was the rookie of the year i'm not saying he was going to be a hall of famer believe me but they picked him they traded him um and and so what they wanted to do was get uh you know, get as low a record as they could so they could get as many top drafts and top draft picks as they could. And in that regard, mission accomplished. Hey. But when, when, when you look at how long they've been at it and where the, the Sixers have not even been to a conference finals, um, and, and this year they, they get bounced, albeit a weird year. You know, you got a pandemic, you're playing in a bubble. That's a bizarre thing. I get it. But all the other teams are playing in a bubble, too. Right. So. Michael, you mentioned the, you know, the, the stars and their salaries. What, what do coaches pull down? What's a good coach pull down? A good, a good coach will um, it'll pull down, you know, 15, 20 million. Okay. I mean, it, it, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, jump and, change. Jump <laughs> change. And Brett, Brett Brett Brown still. Um, I mean, he's. I think he gets paid for uh, for two more seasons, if I'm not mistaken. Well, what does what does a good uh, NCAA coach make? Same. Uh, not that much. Not that much. Okay. But but, I, but I'm but I'm sure, like Mike Shishovsky, I'd have to look it up. But but I'm sure Mike Shishovsky makes some some pretty good coin, and um, you know, and they, they deserve it. I and mean, when you got guy, when you are leading your team to NCAA appearances and NCAA championships, that then that's that's such an important thing for your school. John Chaney, the, the, the uh, great former head coach of the Temple Owls, used to say, in fact, he said it on the day that he, that he retired when Fran, Fran Dumpy came in to take his place. He, he said, I always said that if I could get the name of my school on national television being mentioned for two and a half or three hours 
on a Saturday afternoon or, or a Friday night. If I can get that's the best advertising I could get for my school. And yeah. I say here, here, you know, ab- yeah. absolutely. Okay. All right. Um, so, well, yeah. all right, when it comes to college uh, coaching versus professional coaching, I, I don't. I mean, I I feel like it's harder to be a college coach. I feel like there's more work that goes into being a college coach because of all of the recruiting. And I know that there's recruiting that happens in professional basketball, but I I think, I don't know, am, am I just talking out my ass right now? Or is there, or do you think it's more daunting to be a college coach than is a, <laughs> a, a pro coach? I, I, th- I think it is, um, you, you know, both, it's a double-edged sword for both jobs. I think if you're a college coach, you know, you've, you've got to go into um, families' living rooms and, and sell your school and sell yourself. And say, yeah. this, this is the reason that you can leave your son with me and, and uh, he will be a successful uh, a student or, and a successful athlete. And let's face it, there's some kids who come in there, they're not interested in being a successful student. They know that they're leaving for the NBA um, in, in short order. But you've got to do that every single year if you are a, a college head coach. And you've got to sweet talk it, and, and, um, and Jay has done that. Uh, someone like Jay Wright, someone like Mike Krzyzewski. By the way, Mike Krzyzewski, I got uh, $8.98 million on Krzyzewski Whoa. among the uh, 28 highest paid <laughs> college basketball coaches in 2020. So, wow. so he, he's number one. John Calipari is not from Kentucky, number two at $8 million. And um, that's, that's, that's well, you know, the cost of living in Kentucky is it's hard to get by. Well, we we also have to ask you about about the Flyers and, and uh, you know, we, we, your assessment of where things stand. They're gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they looked good last night. Honestly, I listen for nothing. I don't think was indicative of how they played last night. They were definitely outplayed in the first period. I think the second and third periods. I think they outplayed the Islanders. The Islanders just got two really, really good looks at the net. Um, that I I don't want to call them lucky, but they were definitely opportunistic, and there just so happened to be a player there to to bury it. Well, you know what yeah. Pierre would say is if the pitching holds up. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I thought Pierre would say, Exactly. Sorry, sorry, a different Pierre. Yeah, different Pierre. Yeah. Well, Michael, yes, I mean, yes, different Pierre. Eleven, um, eleven goals in their last seven games, right? I think, and and so. Um, they they were so hot coming out of the yeah. uh, the bubble and, and the and the playing round you know the the round robin uh, they were scoring against really good teams and in and against Montreal and again last night they just haven't been scoring so um, listen it, it's much easier for me to sit here and say all they really need to do is get some goals yeah. uh, but once the offense starts clicking like it did in game what five against the Canadians when they yeah. when they scored some uh, power play goals that to me is the the secret to actually having some success in this series. Yeah, and I think there's there's a little bit of a hangover from from having beaten the Canadians, and and they're excited about that. That now they move on. But I, I've got two numbers for you that you can take these to the bank. Here we go. <laughs> All right. And then those numbers. No, who's writing? I heard. I'm writing them down. I'm writing them yeah. down right now. Yeah, don't write them down. This oh. is from this is from Big Philly. Are you kidding me? <laughs> don't write those. Down. No, I'm kidding. Um, since January seventh, in games after their last ten losses. The Philadelphia Flyers are 10-0. And, and not only are they 10-0, and 0, 
They have outscored the opposition 44 to 19 in that span since January 7th, and we are in August. Weird playing hockey in August, man. I'll tell you that. I feel like we're talking about the Olympics or something. Um, The Flyers are 10 and 0 and have outscored the opposition 44 19. And they did not have a great game last night. I like what what, uh, Elaine Vigneault did. He made that desperation move. He pulled Carter Hart with seven plus minutes left. It didn't work. But, but um, you know, you're, try- you're trying to shake up your team, trying to get it to move, and, and, uh, and they did not have a sustained uh, attack, the Flyers, last right. night. And lack- they just had a lack of um, solid puck possession when they were in the offensive zone, eh? And so, so when you don't have that, I was just talking hockey. It's organization, hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, organization. Offensive zone. Minutes, offensive boys. zone. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. one I don't know, but that's yep. okay. Biscuit. Yeah, biscuit in the basket. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> the brooms. That one I know. Yeah. You know um, that. All right, but I, li- yeah. I like your assessment. They're going to be fine. They're just they're uh, going to be fine. Yeah. That's that fine. cool confidence you built up working in the adult film industry. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Almost done. That, <laughs> it's all over, man. All right. Well, listen, brother. We got it. We got to run. Yeah, but what? Uh, yeah, okay. I know. I know. We got uh, we got Colonel Sanders from uh, Spaceballs. From, uh, Spaceballs coming up. We got to talk to you. Got to do that. Yeah, yeah. Have to do that. No, Come but listen. <laughs> we wanted to touch base. What uh, what should we keep an eye out for you, sir, as far as broadcasts go? I'll tell you, thank you very much, Preston, for asking me that question. I, I only have an explanation that'll take 15 minutes. Ah. <laughs> 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 Tonight. Tonight, the Philadelphia Phillies, man. That's, that's what we're about this, this evening. Philadelphia Phillies. You got uh, also uh, get ready for for the for the Flyers. Unfortunately, the Sixers are gone, as we've discussed. But the Phillies uh, this evening are playing the Washington Nationals, and Ricky Patalico and I uh, will have pregame live for you at six p.m. Phillies at seven o'clock. And um, I I, I want to say that the Phillies, I can't quite say it with a conviction about the Flyers, but I want to say the Phillies are going to be fine, too. I think it was a nice move picking up those three relief pitchers. And uh, they can score runs, of, as we have seen. Uh, they have some starting pitching. They need a little bit more. But but uh, the relief pitching has been really woeful, and they picked up three veterans. And uh, they got their first win with those guys the other night against the Atlanta Braves. And that team's no joke. So um, it's it's going to be exciting, uh, it says right here, with regard to the Phils. Excellent. So we'll see you tonight. All right, my man. Thank you. Some thank you NBC, all. NBC Sports Philadelphia and adult film star Michael <laughs> Barkin. Thank you, Bob. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, Yes, we need to take a quick break. I do want to remind you, a Tattoos Day, uh, free tattoo. Chance for going to a $350 gift certificate from our friends at the Floating uh, World Tattoo and Piercing. Their location is 29 South Street in Philadelphia. So text word tattoo to 39333. When we come back, yes. We're going to have actor George Weiner, character actor, been in tons of stuff, yeah. one of the most notable from uh, Spaceballs, Colonel Sanders, and others will be back in a moment. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. We're excited to have our next guest on. He's been, I think the technical term is, a gazillion television shows throughout the years. And even that doesn't quite describe it. And then uh, films galore, and there are loads to talk to him about. And one does stand out in particular. My kids, and I'm going to play a clip just before we, we go to him. My kids discovered on their own, without my help at all, 
<clears throat> Spaceballs probably six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And it became the go-to thing to watch yeah. in her movie, despite there's a couple of, uh, you know, questionable words <laughs> at the time. They were younger when we, right. uh, but, you know, we didn't care. So much fun. And uh, his character is so great in this movie. I'm going to play this clip. We're going to welcome him. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff in his career, but I have to play this clip. No. That's the wrong <laughs> thing. How about this? What's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken? <laughs> Prepare ship! Prepare ship for ludicrous speed. Fasten all seatbelts. Seal all entrances and exits. Close all shops in the mall. Cancel the free ring circus. Secure all animals in the zoo. Give me that, you petty excuse for an officer. Now hear this. Ludicrous speed. Sir, and you better buckle up. Now ah, buckle this. <laughs> Ludicrous speed. Go! Then it just gets ridiculous after that. Uh, we want to welcome the man who portrayed Colonel Sanders in that classic fil- film. Please give some love to Mr. George Weiner. On the yeah. show. Good morning, George. Good morning. Uh, Thank uh, you for playing that. You've got me laughing before I even start talking. Oh uh, no, no, you're the one that got us laughing, man. I'm, I'm telling you. And, and thank you so much for for coming on the show this morning. We're kind of we're reaching out to one. One of the things we love to do, George is talk to people who have had a, a rich history uh, in character acting and in, in some cases are just known as that guy, you know, for people who haven't done the research to find out names and so on. Uh, but but we, we find so many great stories from people who have had a career such as, as yourself. And it's and it's still going all the way up to, I mean, my, my family and I, we watched the Umbrella Academy, and lo and behold, there you are in an episode. So you're, you're still working as much as ever, it seems like. Uh, I am still working. I, I'm not sure about as much as ever. I, I, we're working on that that part of it, but I'm, I'm absolutely still working, yes. You know, I, I became aware of you years ago, and obviously, as President says, you've just been in so much, but um, you, you were sort of, um, I, I guess it was on um, uh, Hill Street Blues was the first time, and, and um, you know, seeing you, you were, you were a, a um, reoccurring character, the, I think it was D.A. Bernstein, and uh, that Correct. that ensemble and that whole thing, I guess it started a friendship with Stephen Bochco because you ended up in a number of his shows, Doogie Howser, NYPD Blue, L.A. Law. Is, so what was it like at the beginning getting, at that time, such meaty roles on television? Well, it was, it was pretty special, especially when you work with somebody like Stephen. You know, I'm a fan, too. I think actors are fans. Um, when you get to do a television show that you watch and... Uh, and you're a fan of it's special um and any everybody wanted to work with steven and um and and certainly be on hill street and yes steven is was the kind of uh, producer that um not only did you love working for him at that point when you you know, whatever show it was you were going to be part of his family, and that meant that if there was a show following that that Steven thought you were right for, you were going to work on it. And so I was one of many that you would see his name, that name come up again and again on Stephen's shows. So that's who Stephen was, and that's one of the reasons that everyone loved him so much. Yeah, the thing with it, too, is that he'd he'd take people who you would normally not see, types you would normally not see on television in roles that that were substantive roles. You know, we were kind of used to... um, Sort of soap opera, you know, looking people, and that's not not to say you're not you couldn't 
you know, be a leading man on a soap opera. But I'm just saying, you're, you're, you're you know, <laughs> you, you can say it, please. <laughs> you were given. Trust me, I'm, I'm in the same world you live in, but a more, a more substantive role that was just so engaging, and, and it, it, it made everything resonate so much more. You were able to do that, and that also do comedy so adroitly. Well, I, you know, I, I, honestly, that was one of the things that I was told very early on. That, um, you know, one of the things that happens out here is they, they will kind of typecast you, and the only way you get away from it is if you can um, manage to do both, comedy yeah. and, and drama, then that will get you out of the typecast. And uh, fortunately, I've been able to, to do that, according to other to people who hire me. So, uh, <laughs> yes, it, it makes a big difference. George, you know, I, I mentioned my kids at the top of the interview, and I was absolutely surprised at how much they were taken by Spaceballs because the yeah. movie had come and gone for me, which, by the way, let's remind everyone, it came out well past the Star Wars bit thing being over, and I thought it was a late shot by Mel Brooks it was. to go for that parody. Mm-hmm. And yet it, yeah. it, it it did okay, but over time it resonated. And I, I was blown away that my kids found that movie so entertaining. Are you surprised by the fascination of that movie uh, as well? I, I I think we all were, and including Mel. Um, Mel will say that, you know, it, it may not have been the best film he ever made, but it has the, the longevity in that sense. Um, it, Spaceballs is, is it's remarkable how... Often I am approached by uh, someone who want me to, you know, uh, meet his son or a grandson. Uh, it, <laughs> it just continues on through generations. It's wonderful, and um, you're right. It's very special that way. And and Mel has said that many times. It's it just has this longevity that uh, no one expected. Um, so it, I'm very excited that it does. If you look at it though, it, it's sort of like an extended your show of show Sid Caesar skits, like you know a, a parody. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, I think you became, uh, or you 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 were on Mel's radar after you appeared in My Favorite Year, which was basically a loving look at that show of shows mm-hmm. and those writers. And and so, how did you get the initial call? Did you did you go in and read um, for uh, Mel, or how did it work out? Oh, it's it's actually interesting because I, I had done a film with Mel before, like "To Be or Not to Be," um, ah. was a Mel film, and I had um, and and I had no idea that I was on Mel's radar whatsoever. Um, but I had done a I had done a film that was that the Brooks Company had had produced. Um, and forgive me, I, I love the film, and it's it just went out of my head for a moment here. Don't ever get old. Um, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Well, he, he pro- and, didn't he produce Elephant Man? <laughs> you weren't in that, were you? <laughs> no, wasn't that one. <laughs> um, but I, um, of course, Mel had seen it, and um, there was a moment in the movie that uh, uh, that he particularly liked. And I was, I got a call from agent saying Mel Brooks wants to meet you, and I said, you know, I thought he was kidding. And um, I went up, I met him, and, um, and and it was my performance in that film that he brought me into his office and uh, he wanted me to be in to be or not to be. And then that led to Spaceballs. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, Mel saw me as a second banana and um, which uh, is something I've always loved doing. And, um, you know, that that's what got me with Rick. Rick is Rick Moranis in Spaceballs, is, <laughs> as we all know, was brilliant. And uh, and to be his second banana was was I thought uh, you know uh, something that I really looked forward to doing and uh, working with Rick was very special and of course working with Mel 
wasn't as special. Georgia, I, I like to believe that, that you guys had a lot of fun on that set. Please let me have that fantasy. Was it indeed <laughs> yes. the case? You may believe it. Please do. Mel used to say we'd start laughing, and then and Mel would say, "Look, we're making a comedy laugh. What do you, you know? If you ruin a take, because you couldn't stop laughing." And uh, yeah, Mel comes on the set funny. He leaves the set funny, and uh, you know that's that's your day. He knows what he wants, and and he's and he's tough about getting it. Uh, and you know uh, that's a, that's a reality. But but you you love every minute of working with them. Well, Absolutely, you're, you're dealing with you know the, the best of the best, and obviously there was a budget on that. And and and, and to the actual scene of ludicrous speed and the <laughs> physical effects involved. Uh, describe for what what for us what it was like because it seems almost impossible that they pulled that off. But it's hilarious. Yeah, it is. Well, <laughs> it is. I don't know. Mel came up to me and said, "Tomorrow we're going to do this scene at ludicrous speed, so you, you know you're going to be going a thousand miles an hour." So, <laughs> I found myself in front of the mirror that night, pulling my mouth apart, trying to figure out how the hell I'm supposed to do that. <laughs> uh, you know, and if you didn't know what you were doing when you got on there, Mel would show you. Let's say, you know, you you would quickly understand what he wanted. And he was great that way. So. Um, but yeah, it was uh, you know all that. How they ever pulled that off? I mean, when I saw it, I went, "How do they do that too?" Because um, a lot of that was beyond what actors can do. And of course, Rick, I mean, you know, Rick getting up and wandering around, going, you know, smoke if you got him. Oh. Um, <laughs> you know, it's the best. It's the best. It was a perfect. It was a perfect cap to that scene. And you know, there are so many of those moments in those scenes um, that 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 live on. It's it's wonderful. Uh, if I were an actor, I would have found probably the, the most difficult dialogue moment, and maybe just from laughing alone during it, was when you guys have the exchange about the instant video cassettes. Um, yeah. Was, yeah. It, because it's so confusing, the, 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 the conversation loops around. Did you, did, were you able to nail that in a short amount of takes, or did that take a few? It, it, it took a few, but it was, it was really one of Mel's favorite scenes, and that put a lot of pressure on you. Um, you know, uh, it because it, it was it's like an old you know vaudeville scene. Yeah. Um, that that moment, as, as we I think we know, and and so to get the rhythm of it right, um, but it, at the same time we knew what we wanted to do. Uh, we loved doing it though. Um, you know, and, and again Mel kind of led us through it. But uh, yeah, that that scene I think for many of us was our favorite one to do. Absolutely. So yeah. you, 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 uh, you've, I know you've done a few conventions and you have such a vast amount of pop culture stuff that um, people will be drawn to you for. Besides Spaceballs, what do you get? What do you get recognized for? Where, where do you feel the level of adoration is second on another project of yours? What comes in second? Oh, well, that's interesting. You know, um, as far as fans are concerned, it, it, it's someone, sometimes it's a little different than, you know, where, where, where my heart is. Right. In some ways, you know, uh, you're right, absolutely right about that. Um, you know, I, 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 I loved working with Coen Brothers, and um, for instance, that was, that's, a, I think, sort of a holy grail for a lot of actors out here. Um, and, but um, I, I, I think if I were to mention things um, that people love when you go to autograph shows and so on, um, that would be things like, um, well, Hill Street, Hill Street Blues is certainly some of it, but a lot of, you know, it's more into the comedies. Um, and so, uh, my, I played Archie Bunker's, uh, doctor in a couple of episodes. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> like to think, remember that one. It's the old, the older TV uh, comedy stuff. 
that people loved. Um, I mean, and um, just just to put in perspective, oh, the movie Fletch. I, I would uh, forgive me if I would say sure. the movie Fletch. Fletch. You know, uh, yes. Okay. I was yep. wondering if that was the case. I'm just going to read quickly yeah. some of the shows you've been on: The Odd Couple, Ironside, Adams Road, Columbo, Kojak. Uh, the Bob Newhart Show, uh, Ellery Queen, a show I used to love, Sanford and Son, McMillan and Wife, Hawaii Five O, Emergency, All in the Family, WKRP, Alice Soap, Lou Grant. I mean, it goes on and on and on. People are texting in about MASH, about MASH the fact that, well. uh, yeah. that, that you oh, were MASH. MASH. How many yeah. episodes of MASH did you do? I, I did one because That's I it? was a bad guy. Oh. You, you know, I couldn't, I was a snitch. Okay. Man. Oh yeah, they're, they're, I remember clearly. I remember that episode. I Rockford Files. Yeah. Yes. Wait. So you worked. You, I mean, honestly, uh, to work with people like uh, uh, James Garner and and uh, and and Jack oh. Lemmon. Well, see, that's it. I mean, that's you know, you're you're still a fan when you walk on, and you don't you can't tell them that until you're done. You know, it's uh, it's inappropriate. <laughs> you have to get out there and work with them. You're a coworker, which is hilarious when you're you know. Yeah, it's Jim Garner. But one of the great things in those days was you could do a show every year and come back, either even as a different character. Yeah. Of course, now you can't do that anymore. Uh, and so you could do multiple episodes of things like, uh, you know, uh, working with Jim on, on, on Rockford Files and so on, or uh, working, you know, with with, with Jack Klugman. And, 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 and honestly, they became, I, I won't use the word friends. I think that would be too much for me to claim that. But, but they were people that I... That, that really were uh, helpful to me in many ways, um, and I felt a friend. I felt a friendship with, uh, and working with them multiple times over the years, uh, and that to me was special because I grew up. You know, these guys are my heroes. And God, all yeah. Of a sudden, yeah. You know, they're calling me by my first name, even though they got it wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they, they tried. They tried. That's an interesting. Yeah, that's, all, that's all they care. It's an yeah. interesting dynamic you mentioned about uh, the state of television today and the fact uh, the the way it was when when you were coming up and the fact that you could star as a different person on the same show later yeah. that season or right. or in the next season. Uh, but now we have a thousand of uh, thousands of television shows. Is that mm-hmm. more advantageous for the working actor today? I mean, more people are getting a shot. It seems like it 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 would be. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, there's an awful lot more product out there. There's no question about it, and I think that's great. Um, and, yes, it, it's changed, and I think it's changed in a healthier way uh, I'm in, in terms of that. Uh, I, I miss the old days and how that worked. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think I think there's no question that um, there's much more product, uh, much more availability for actors. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's 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 probably straightened itself out in some ways. Uh, I think it was probably a little strange to mm-hmm. do what we did, but, but we all loved it. I, I think, uh, I think you probably the, the, the ability to make an impact or an imprint on an audience was more when there was less, uh, you had to yeah. rise to the challenge. However, there's more opportunity now. Now I need to ask you, cause I brought this up to Preston. I don't know if this is apocryphal or not, but was there in fact a, uh, um, an additional ending to space balls we never saw? Yeah. <laughs> can, can you tell us what that was? Yeah, uh, uh, sure. I mean, it, when I say ending, it was only a, only the punchline at the end. I will just say that. The, the actual, you know, we, we come out of the, the ship there and we land and, you know, he, they, they have the thing where you go, there goes the neighborhood because the space balls are here. Right. Uh, and Mel, the alternative to that was a different line where we came off and we we're saying, where are we? And Mel, uh, the three of us, and and uh, and one of us says we're in California, 
And Mel looks around and goes, let's pollute it. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that line. But then, of course, we when we, you know, we ended up with the other one, I went, well, that's pretty funny, too. So, you know, Mel has a lot of funny endings and his, uh, you know, he chose the right one, I think. George, did you ever have any encounters with, uh, with Dabney Zuniga or John Candy or some of these people that you never really shared any screen time with in the film, unless I'm forgetting about some scenes? Uh, no, I, did, I, you know, I would see them uh, occasionally, yes. Um, uh, you know, we miss John, of course. Uh, it was a great loss. Um, uh, and it, autograph shows, I would, I would see, I will see people from those days, and, uh, uh, and that's always fun. You know, it's a great reunion for all of us to go to these autograph shows. Uh, and uh, that's that's a, that's probably the best time I see. I see I've seen Mel, of course, over the years, um, and uh, and that's always it's always great to see Mel. Mel is Mel is uh, is, is Mel. Uh, you know, he, you come in laughing, you go out laughing. It's just who he is. Uh, um, speak, speaking of people that you encounter, and, and take this with a grain of salt because it's from IMDb, but it says that you may be a distant relative of Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you guys are close <laughs> close friends. Is that true? Yeah. I, no, it isn't. Please, you couldn't get distant enough. I, um, no, I, I, I forgive me. I'm getting trouble for that. No, I, I, um, I don't know what that came from. I asked my wife, who's been married for 47 years. You never told me. You know, and I, said, I don't know what. So, no, not true. Not yes, true. we we encounter that often on IMDb, but we have to ask because it just it it seemed yeah. like wow that I would not have made that connection. Yeah. Uh, so, so what, what if, uh, cause obviously we're, we're, we're talking to you because we're huge fans of your work and besides the Umbrella Academy, what can we see you in that's out and about or soon to be out and about? Well, I, I, I did, uh, just before, you know, the industry has shut down, of course, and, yeah. and, and still is shut down. Um, I did a Grace and Frankie, uh, with Lily Tomlin and, and Jane Fonda, um, that, uh, hasn't aired yet. Um, we shot it literally just before everything shut down. So, um, now we're all just sitting and waiting. Um, are, and, uh, are things starting to uh, to get? Because uh, we're hearing that, the, for example, the Matrix has gone back into production, and 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 some uh, um, shows are you know they they have sort of their production bubbles where everyone is taking COVID tests and they're they're getting back up and running. Um, is uh, are you seeing signs of that? I I am you know I am hearing about it much more than I'm seeing. Okay, it, uh, honestly, uh, I know people are really anxious to do it, but at the same time, most of us are going. Well, I, I'm anxious to do it, but I, I, I enjoy breathing, too. So I, you know, <laughs> it's always a big plus. The price to pay here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Hey, uh, George, uh, to your knowledge, has there been any other characters that you've played uh, besides Colonel Sanders that has ended up as a Halloween costume? Uh, no, no, no. I think Colonel Sanders is uh, stands alone as far as Halloween costumes go. We uh, we put together this event uh, every year. It's called the Cardboard Classic. We go to a, a mountain and yeah. people create these these large contraptions to go down the hill with. They create create them out of cardboard, uh, string, glue, tape, things like that. And without fail, almost every year there is year. some representation. Of spaceballs, people put craft where yeah. whether it's yeah. the Winnebago or Spaceballs One or whatever it may be, and they come dressed as you guys, as the characters. <laughs> so that's got to be that's got to be pretty cool knowing that. It is absolutely it is. Listen, I, you know, you, you, an actor would be lying if he didn't say to have been a part of something that has that kind of longevity and people have care that much about it in generation to generation. And and you know, listen, you played me a clip. If I turn TV on and there it is, I sit down and watch because 
it's funny. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, Rick and Mel and, and John, I mean, these people are, you know, they're just wonderful in it. And so, yeah, it's it, it's certainly very special to me to, it, to have been a part of that. Absolutely. It holds up. So does Fletch. I watched Fletch uh, a week and a half ago. My, yeah. my friend and coworker Casey gave it to me. I, I didn't own it. And uh, so he gifted it to me. And uh, your role in it is uh, hilarious. And obviously Chevy's is as well. Were you ever going to be in... Uh, the other Fletch movies that were supposed to be made, or was that um, one and done for you? We we actually did it. He was in the second one. Yeah, we did it. We did an We did a Fletch. Uh, you know, they changed the title, or I changed it. Um, we did a sequel to it, um, Fletch Lives or Fletch Two, um, and I was. They kept. I kept the same character in it there. So we did two of them. Um, the first one was absolutely one of the great comedies uh, of all time for me. Chevy's phenomenal, and. Um, yeah, it was great to be part of that, and yes, to have my character com- com- continue. Um, but that was—we just did the two, and that was it. And so, you know, I know there's talk now of doing some TV thing, but that has nothing to do with what we did. It's a whole different, different kind of show, from my understanding. But um, that was great too. And I—that's I, I, a second to Spaceballs in terms of comedy and having yeah. been part of something. Let me ask yeah. you, you know, uh, 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 George Quentin Tarantino is known for his, he, you know, he's a big ravenous pop culture guy. And there's so many directors now that are just ravenous uh, pop culture fans as well. And uh, so he like he'll reach out to people that he just, you know, enjoyed in a movie or so on and so forth. Have you ended up on the on the radar to use that term again of uh, perhaps one of the new directors who was perhaps a huge Spaceballs fan? Or, or do you sometimes get, uh, you know, uh, these directors, these new new crop of directors reaching out to you because they're fans? Do you work? I have, but they want to go to lunch. Yeah. <laughs> they just want to hear the stories. Yeah, they just want to have the stories. And, and I, I, you know, I keep waiting for the, you know, the other shoe to drop. Um, you know, and all they do is pay the pay the check and thank me. Yeah. Well, at least they pay. That's cool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, they pay. They do pay. Yeah. Thank yeah. goodness. Colonel Sanders was at least good for free lunch from time to time. <laughs> yes, that's right. I get a free lunch. Yeah. Wow. Well, listen. We we appreciate uh, you taking the time. We just we just wanted to reach out. We're making a list of people that we've always wanted to talk to, and you happen to be one of them. So we'll, we'll keep an eye out for. Uh, future projects, and, and we just thank you for all the, the great years of entertainment, George. Well, listen, it's, it's been my pleasure, and, and thank you for asking me, and uh, stay safe. You we do will. the same. Thank you, George Weiner, guys. Yeah. We appreciate it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know guys. we got to do the bizarre file. Yeah. I'm going to play another clip from all Spaceballs, right. so this is another one of the great ones. Oh, leave me alone. No, kiss me. No, no, <laughs> yes, no, no, yes, no, yes. Oh, 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 oh. Your helmet is so big. Hard helmet, what? You need it on the bridge, sir. Knock on my door. Knock next time. Yes, sir. Did you see anything? No, sir. I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. Good. (laughs) (laughs) That is one of my absolute favorite scenes of that movie. Again. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it's great. That was a great conversation. All right. Uh, we're really late for this. It's almost 10.30. Oh, my God. Haven't even done the Bizarre Fight. Right. Here we go. No. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Fight. All right, quick bizarre file brought to you by hers. Pick up a specially marked bag of hers today for a chance to win $10,000. Take your summer to the next level. Full rules and details at summer.hers.com. Hers, forever good. Well, a supermarket worker dropped dead in the aisles, but his callous bosses kept the store open, and they covered his corpse with umbrellas while people were shopping around him. 
Like a new display. Yes. Sales manager Manuel Cavalcante suffered a heart attack while working in Brazil at a uh, store called Carrefour. This is a great chance to move some of those umbrellas. Uh, colleagues desperately tried to save his life, but he passed away in front of horrified shoppers. However, instead of closing the business, the store staff continued to serve customers after covering the body with three umbrellas and surrounding it with cardboard boxes. They opened up the umbrellas. Sure. And set yeah, them out. of course. Uh, the shocking incident happened on August 14th, but has only just come to light following a deluge of criticism on social media. Carrefour Brazil has now apologized by admitting the handling of the outrageous incident was inappropriate. Well, they're also catching crack because they put up a sign that said an umbrella sale to die for. Uh, first aid was given and an ambulance was immediately called and the supermarket giant said that they uh, in- had insisted they followed guidelines to not remove the body from its place. Uh, they have now changed their guidelines to include the closure of the store in oh, future okay. similar cases. Okay, so, so if employees drop dead, they close for a little bit. Yes, that's, okay. <laughs> that's what they'll do. Uh, and you know what? We'll do this super short. We'll just do one more quick right. story because we've got a lot to get to. But uh, this is actually a, a good thing that came out of this. And it took place in Waymart, Pennsylvania. A group of scouts likely saved a woman's life after she fell underneath a moving riding tractor. Oh, my God. Emily Calder, Hannah Smith, and Angelina Krug were all riding in a golf cart, and they saw a maintenance worker who had become trapped under the tractor. The woman was carrying a hose in her arm, and the hose was caught. Uh, One of the girls said that uh, we just grabbed the mower, and we actually looked at the woman, and her arm was caught underneath the mower. She was going down under it. And they had to uh, stop the riding tractor. So to do that, they placed rocks underneath the wheels to hold the tractor in place. Uh, Smith said, us grabbing the mower stopped it from pulling her under and potentially killing her. She was saying that she heard a snap in her arm. And her arm was really hurting and you could see the swelling right away. I was just using my knowledge of emergency preparedness, first aid, life-saving, all those merit badges that we prepare for, Krug said. By the way, Calder, Smith, and Krug are female Boy Scouts who hope to become Eagle Scouts this fall. And right. they performed a, a field hysterectomy, correct? Yes, they did very quickly. She, uh... <laughs> I don't need this! No longer needs that. <laughs> and that is what I have in the Bizarre File, the very short Bizarre File. Kathy, we yeah. need a number caller for Tattoos Day. No, we don't. We oh. choose that randomly. Oh we, yes, we I'm do. thinking of the secret text word. That's tomorrow. Okay. Why did you even bring it up, Kathy? Oh, this is your last yeah. chance to text in for Tattoos Day. Text the word tattoo to 39333. We'll see if you win in a little bit a $350 gift certificate from Floating World Tattoo and Piercing 29 South Street in Philadelphia. 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. We'll be back in just a moment. Music news, trash coming up. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I want to point out that we do have a new Daily Rush video. And the video is called The Posters in Casey's Room. Because Casey wasn't allowed to have pretty girl posters, but he did have posters of some hot apostles. (laughs) So... You can watch that video now at PrestonSteve.com. It is sponsored by Punchline Philly, Fishtown's first comedy club, restaurant, and bar. And if you haven't seen it yet, watch the um, birthday video that I made for Kathy. It's her birthday today. So, uh, so that's at PrestonSteve.com. So you can uh, watch She's at your leisure. Aging like fine wine. Yes, she is. Like a, like a 200-year-old bottle of wine. <laughs> 200 year old. No, she's, she's doing great. Old vinegar. Hey, she's not sick anymore. Yeah, we're well, happy about that. Well, well sort of. Gotcha. You feel better. Yeah. Yes, I right? do feel better. Yeah. Okay. 
Lesson question prize today is a digital download of the gripping psychological thriller The Vanish with Anne Heche and Thomas Jane. So, question that I have for you this morning is who did Gene Simmons steal the blood spitting stunt from? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. That was early this morning. It's Gene, Gene's birthday today, 71, and we found out he stole the blood spitting stunt from someone else. Who was it? Two one five two six three WMMR. If you know, you should call now, and we're going to do the trash while you're calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. Ninety three three WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, let's see what stories you have today, Steve. What's going on? Well, twenty eight year old American Idol star Colton Dixon and his wife Annie welcomed twin baby girls on Saturday. Dixon says the maternity hospital went to great lengths to maintain his anonymity by not doing anything. <laughs> oh my, Leon. Leonardo DiCaprio spotted walking along Malibu Beach with his decades-younger girlfriend, model actress Camilla Maroney. According to witnesses, DiCaprio would pause periodically to kiss Maroney in her stroller. (laughs) And finally, 78-year-old actor and pilot Harrison Ford flew his son Liam on his private plane to Amherst, Massachusetts in order to drop him off at college. Things mostly went off without a hitch, and Liam was eventually able to catch a bus out of Baltimore. (laughs) (laughs) And that's your Hollywood track. All right, we shall see if you have the answer to this question. Who did Gene Simmons steal the blood-spitting stunt from? 215-263-WMMR, our number, and it's Joey that we go to for the answer. Hey, Joey. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, Joey. All right, who did Gene Simmons steal the blood-spitting stunt from? Frankie Valley. Frankie yeah! Valley. You're correct, my man. Hang on. We're going to give you the digital download of The Vanish, starring Anne Heche and Thomas Jane. A family vacation takes terrifying turn when two parents discover their young daughter is vanished without a trace. Own it or rent it on digital today. Rated R from Paramount Pictures. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. All right, let's begin. Uh, oh, by the way, it's brought to you by Cinch, propane tank home delivery service. It brings propane Right to your doorstep, and you can place your order at cinch.com. Uh, the Killers just released their new album, which is called Imploding the Mirage, on Friday, and they've already planned the release, uh, to release another one. Enemy reports that uh, the Killers frontman, Brandon Flowers, said the new project will be released in about 10 months, and they have about 50 songs to choose from. Wow. They're saying this this new album is absolutely one of their best. It's getting Good. rave reviews. Good. Flowers said that there's no thread between Imploding the Mirage and the new album, the latter of which will, will be inspired by his new home in Utah. The new trailer for the upcoming Ozzy Osbourne A&E biography, The Nine Lives of Ozzy Osbourne, was released yesterday. <clears throat> the show is set to debut September 7th uh, in the clip. Ozzy addresses his two different personalities, saying, I'm a split personality. Ozzy Osbourne and John Osbourne are two different people. As a kid, I was afraid of everything. And so you just crawl into your hole, you know, and you're an easy prey for bullying. So when you do find a bit of booze or dope or whatever, you go, F, I found it. And I could never get there again. Alcohol and dope and being a class clown sort of sums it all up, you know. So his recommendation is to do alcohol and dope. I think that's what he says okay. here. No, I don't think so. The trailer also offers a few celebrity testimonials about the rocker, including producer Rick Rubin, Marilyn Manson, Post Malone, Rob Zombie, and members of Ozzy's family. Former Guns N' Roses manager Alan Niven revealed that he went to great lengths to prevent Axl Rose talking to the press by himself during the band's formative years. 
He said Axel would talk about Axel more than he would talk about Guns N' Roses. And in the early days, if you go back and look at this, uh, I'd never let Axel do an interview on his own. I always made sure that there was always somebody with the band there, not the entire band there, to keep the interviewer intimidated a little bit, maybe. And, you know, he said, try taking on four or five in one go if you want to be a wise-ass. Niven, who managed the band from 87 to 91, explained, I can see the artist's point of view. That is sometimes a pain in the ass to do the interviews. However, with that said, I think it's incumbent upon the management uh, and the label and the artist to choose who you want to talk to and avoid the dummies, the wi- the wise asses, the gotcha guys, the snarky guys, and just brush them off and just talk to people who are going to give you an intelligent conversation. But he would never let Axel do them <laughs> alone. I can see that. <clears throat> yeah. An acoustic version of Death by Rock and Roll is now available uh, for streaming. Pretty Reckless originally performed the special at home version of their hit single at, during an iHeartRadio Facebook Live session uh, in June. But now if you want to stream it, it's a good version. I checked it out, and they have that available. And one last thing. It was 45 years ago today that many fans believe Bruce Springsteen released the single greatest rock album of the 1970s, if not in all of rock history, according to some. The legendary Born to Run was on <laughs> I just said, hey. Born to Run, I got by accident yeah. to the Columbia Record Club. No kidding. And uh, that started my uh, Bruce Springsteen complete immersion and adoration. It's a great album. Uh, it was the first to feature then rock critic John Landau behind the boards alongside Springsteen's, uh, Springsteen's original manager, publisher, and producer, Mike Apple. Uh, it was recorded in fear that Columbia Records would drop Springsteen should the album not break the pattern of his two previous 1973 sets, Greeting from Ashbury Park and The Wild in the Innocent in the East Street Shuffle. Although both albums were darlings of the rock press, the albums combined had sold a paltry 90,000 copies upon initial release. Which is not a lot. <clears throat> yeah, it was Apple who stirred up interest in the Make or Break third album by leaking copies of a rough mix the Born Direct Born to Run track to key disc jockeys in Philadelphia. I'm assuming that would have been Ed Shockey back in the day. Uh, New York, Boston, Cleveland, and other loyal markets, which brought bought Bruce time to work without Columbia breathing down his neck and tightening the purse strings for the long overdue follow up. Preston, I was feeling really down on my luck, and I felt like I couldn't get a successful album out. And then I was riding my bike through Ashbury Park. An older gentleman rode up next to me, gave me lots of wisdom. He said, stick with it. You'll be a superstar. And then he disappeared. And I turned to little Steve and I said, was that guy even real? Did you ever see him again? No. Wow. Uh, the main, And that happened in New Jersey. That's yes. crazy, man. Same wow. place happened with Coincidence? Casey. Yeah, That's kind of a coincidence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, the main sessions from Born to Run spanned uh, from March to July, 1975, New York City's legendary record plant East. Uh, the title track was recorded, this song right here, in 1974 at 914 Sound Studios in Blauvelt, New York. Ah, uh, good old Blauvelt. I'm not familiar with Blauvelt. Uh, I, I would say I, I just love this album. Blauvelt. And <laughs> Jungle Land, I used to sit and take the speakers of the stereo and put it basically on each side of my head. And just immerse myself in the album. And it was just great. Born, it holds up every bit. Born to Run debuted on the album chart September 13, 1975, at number 84. Eventually, it peaked at number three and then went on to sell over six million copies. Sensing the buzz brewing around the album, Columbia eventually 
poured a then whopping $250,000 in promoting uh, Born to Run. And Bruce, much to his chagrin and Apple's delight, ended up on the cover of both Time and Newsweek during the same week that fall. Wow. And he, he got that, um, nobody wants a headline like the new Dylan or the new, you know, uh, when you get labeled, the new Beatles or whatever, but he did get that. Uh, the the album can, uh, has the tracks Thunder Road, 10th Avenue Freeze Out, Night, and the Backstreets, and, and Backstreets, I'm sorry, and then uh, Born to Run, She's the One, Meeting Across the River, and then closes out with Jungle Land. It's a great album. And that is what I have in music news for you this morning. Would you say Born to Run a perfect album? I'd have to say it's a perfect album. Yeah. I'd say it's one of those that, yeah, from, from top to bottom, it's uh, you just don't you don't go wrong with it. All right. Uh, are we taking a break? Yes, sir. All right. All right. We're yeah. coming back. Getting ready to wrap it up. So stay close. We'll be done, uh, you know, deep into Pierre shift, <laughs> which we already are. We'll be right back. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Hey. We have a winner. Yay. We got a winner for Tad Tuesday. I would like to congratulate the following person because they're getting a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. And it's Jacob Oliver, who is from Birdsboro, Pennsylvania. And uh, don't forget that Floating World Tattoo and Piercing is located at 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. For artwork samples, visit floatingworldtattoos.com or check them out on Instagram at Floating. World tattoos. And keep in mind, if you win this, you got to get a Preston and Steve tattoo. That's the way it works. We got to be represented. Is that so much to ask, right? I don't think so. So, anyhow, uh, congrats. And thank you to our guest, Joey Fatone, who is on the show today. Common Knowledge is his game show, weeknights 530 on Game Show Network. Mr. Skin was on. And I really want to see this movie. It's it's a documentary called Skin, A History of Nudity in the Movies. And it's available on Amazon, iTunes, Vudu, Fandango, Video on Demand, anywhere else. He's a great guy, and he knows his stuff, man. He sure does. Michael Barkan knows hey! his stuff. Uh, we talk Sixers and Brett Brown and Flyers and Phils and so on, so great to see him. He's going to be uh, he's covering Phils tonight on uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia, so make sure you check that out. And then, lastly, it was really great to have him on, character actor George Weiner from Spaceballs, Colonel Sanders, and uh, Marvin from uh, Fletch, and he's been in... Almost every TV show you can imagine from the 70s and 80s. I was trying. It's actually more difficult to figure out what he hasn't been in. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those guys. Yeah. Great. So I love speaking to people like that. So it was excellent having him on. Pierre Robert is here. How you doing, man? Fine. Thank you. How are you? Wonderful. We are doing well. I was I I wondered what his reaction was when you said, um, you know, you you were one of those people, one of those actors that people have seen in so many things that they go that guy. Yeah, yeah. And um, because there are a number of those that yeah. guys and that gal uh, <clears throat> yeah. that are out there. So they, much of our pop culture joy comes from people like that guy and right. that girl. Right. Isn't there a movie, Preston? That guy in the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, That guy in the thing. That guy in the thing. And yeah. it's it's all about. Yeah. And they, they have a female. I think they made two. I think you're Movies right. about women. Yeah. And character actors, and uh, just how you you know that person, you know him when you see him. Oh, that yes. guy, or, or yeah. she's in that, yeah. And it's a really great look into the working actor <clears throat> and how they <laughs> are just <laughs> living pretty average lives as far as their means and what they get by on and their lifestyle. And they're just hoping for that next job to come along. They keep working really, really hard. Yeah, and they work a lot if they're like yeah. him, if I, like George is a, a guy who's just an everyman. 
Yeah, so it was nice having him on. Very cool. Um, should we go ahead and jump right into yes. the letter? All right, let's do that. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. B as in Bravo. Ah, and we will give away, this is really cool, a Metallica and San Francisco Symphony SM2 box set and custom Metallica logoed violin. Wow. It's one of only 100 that were made. Uh, the live album and video documents the September 6th and 8th shows at San Francisco's Chase Center to be released this Friday. Uh, pre-orders are happening now. Box set contains limited edition 4LP color vinyl, wow. exclusive photo book, two wow. CDs, Blu-ray, sheet music, wow. five guitar picks, wow, poster, wow. and download card, wow. and the violin. It's awesome. <laughs> WMMR.com for track listing and details, by the way. So we'll give that away on Friday. Yeah. Yeah, to bring it back around. You went so high, I had to come out the other side. I had nowhere to go. What's up on today's show, Maine? It's going to be a wow kind of show. It's a really sweet package. It is. Yeah. I mean, if you're a Metallica fan and the, the, the violin, which I, you know, you, you don't have to play it, you just play it, but it's. It's 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 pretty kick ass. I would like that uh, violin for our hallways to display. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, be the whatever caller oh, on. Yeah, I can't enter. Right. That would be not proper. Um, but I um, we're gonna have a fun show today. But I'm 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 perplexed because I had not realized until you mentioned that it's the anniversary of Born to Run. So I was gonna do. Uh, uh, well, uh, it's Gene Simmons' birthday, so we're uh, we're gonna do a block of Kiss. Gene is 97 years old today, <laughs> yes. and um, uh, and so we're going to do that. We're going to do Block of Elvis Costello. His birthday is today, and then I was thinking, well, do I do STP? Do I do Bruce, or do I try to do longer Bruce on vinyl? So we're going to do something, and in some way, it'll be cool. All right. Okay. I love it. I believe it'll be cool. We'll figure it out. I want to thank our sponsors, Preston and Steve Show, brought to you today by Duncan, uh, the official coffee of the Preston oh. and Steve Show. What? what? <laughs> Never mind. And right. Mike. Well, when you're done, come okay. back to me. Okay. Mike doing car care right and no, also. We don't have it. Never mind. Don't come back to me. Wilmington University. We are not going back to Pierre, but we will tell you. Uh, tomorrow's show we will be a Wednesday, so we go live on Fox Good Day. We'll have a secret text word, and we'll see what else we can scare up for you, my friend. That's it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. The Breston and Steve love you. Hate you. Live. You must have hated this moose. Why don't you forget the moose for a moment? Next message. Kathy, happy birthday. 29 again, babe. You're looking good. We love you. Next message. You slow down for them. That makes no sense. You have the right of way. They yield. Throw some goddamn balls. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.